MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. We've got a full house today. we got Tyler Bowe here. What's up, guys? Rich Slayton. Hey, yo. Uh, very funny comedian, Rich Slayton. And also our intern, CB, the grenade, CB Gold. Thank you, whatever the fuck that meant. All right. I want to thank our sponsors, Decipher, D-Cypher. It's the lifestyle firm. Decipher is a company created to help you optimize your life. People, I've been saying it for weeks now. Decipher is the lifestyle firm designed to help you make your everyday life easier. They specialize in individualized consulting designed to help maximize your potential. Call for specific advising and support, whether it's for help with a short-term focus goal or for coaching or for long-term career management. Among other services, they offer life coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Not sure your needs fall into their realm of expertise? There's only one way to find out. Call them today at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. Fighters, Decipher has recently raised the bar for management in professional sports. Their firm represents fighters assisting with contract negotiations, public relations, managing your fan base, and obtaining sponsorship. Everything you need taken care of while training for your next fight. Not only do they provide next-level comprehensive management and support, they allow you to keep more money than any other agent or manager out there while offering one-on-one mental coaching to help keep you primed for success. So book Decipher long-term coach today and use the code ROASTED for 10% off. Also, Decipher Life is their newly released audio book, and it's available now for download. If you really want to make a positive change in your life, you need to hear this book. You can download it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. I recommend this book to everybody. It's fucking hilarious. Also, tip a fighter. Listen, fighters are underpaid. Every week we talk to all kinds of fighters that have to do like three or four jobs just to fight, okay? People are, it's nonsense. I I meet fighters who are AAA drivers or strippers or uh, bouncers or whatever these guys do. They should be focused on fighting. So now the fans can help. Tip a fighter. We can directly tip the fighters. Yes, and fighters, you're in there anyway. Might as well get paid for it. All right. My week. I actually, uh, I was sick last week, which sucked. I started to get sick. Like, uh, I, I was flying to North Carolina Wednesday night, and all of a sudden, just boom, I got sick out of nowhere. So I was on stage, my nose was running. It was just, it's, it's, you ever tried doing comedy with your nose running uh, and coughing and sneezing? No, but I think Greg has. Yeah, uh. <laughs> Greg has for a whole different reason. It, it was hard. It was actually really hard. Like, people, I think people thought it was like part of my act, and I, like, I'm like the sitcomic, and, and uh, it, was, it was not easy, but I did a... I did a show. I was in North Carolina. I had a great time uh, at uh, the Laughing Gas Comedy Club. It was funny though. It was like in, it was in. Uh, I was in Winston Salem, right? So I'm doing a whole my whole bit about how how we shouldn't kick Mexicans out of the country and how Mexicans should be able to stay and this whole like you know if you're if a, if a Mexican dude's taking your job you know who uh, doesn't speak English your job sucks right? So then all yeah. of a sudden halfway through my bit. This guy stands up and goes, we need to make America great again and, and, and starts giving a speech, right? This guy was like – and I'm like, sir, let me let me finish the bit. He goes, no, just give me three minutes. We need to take America back, right? And what? then I'm like, sir – so now the bouncers are coming over and telling him to quiet down, right? Yeah. And he's like, no, just – he starts walking towards the stage. Like he thought this was like a public forum as opposed yeah. to just like a, a comedy show. So then I'm like, sir, uh, you know – I'll see you at the rally next week, you know, (laughs) let's go Trump, you know, so I'm like, please sit down. So then the guy finally sits down and then I do another joke Then he gets up, just give me one, I just want to make a speech, just one thing. And finally his friend, 
His friend throws him out. He's like, we need to go. Like, his friend became the bouncer. So his friend, like, yokes him up and walks him outside. I've never had a friend all of a sudden become a bouncer halfway. And the crowd is dying laughing. So that was... That's awesome when the, the, the room polices itself. I did a show one time in uh, – I was in Boston, outside of Boston. I said something about living in Charlestown, and this guy's like, you shouldn't talk about places you're not from. And I was like, I'm not from Charlestown. I'm not saying anything. And, and it was like an older dude. He started getting all like aggressive, and this other dude stands up from another table, and he's like, shut the fuck up, old man. Oh, I'll drag <laughs> you out in the parking lot. And I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a bunch of times where like the crowd starts. Ever happened with you, Rich? Oh, yeah, tons of times. Because you, you, you give them the rope to hang themselves. Yeah. And then you just go, okay, here you go, here you go, here you go. Next thing you know, there's 300 people who hate him. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what But it was funny because like, you could tell this guy wasn't a mean-spirited guy. Yeah. He just really wanted to make a speech. Like He wasn't like like trying to – he was trying to like make a speech along with me. Well, he's you a know? Trumper. It was – yeah, it was – That's their whole thing. Whenever I see a Trump supporter, I just assume – they watched the movie Amistad and rooted for the boat. I think that's fair. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a terrible, hilarious joke. Super accurate. Uh, it's funny. Is that your act? It is now. <laughs> that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, look, think about Trump. Uh, I happen to like Trump. I just hate all his policies. <laughs> like, I have, like, he's the kind of guy where if he was around, I'd want to hang out with Trump. Like, have a, 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 a hang out with him. He's, he's entertaining as oh, hell. Yeah. But as far as, like, I don't believe in global warming. I, I want to not only kill the terrorists, which I'm sure, but I want to kill their families. Like, at like, what point, I don't think you're allowed to just kill people's families. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, I, I know some Good parents with fucked up kids. Or, uh, or then, random citizens. Yeah, Did you yeah, hear that quote where he said he could stand in the middle of Times Square or something with and a gun? shoot people and they'd still like him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of like, I don't agree with his policies, but I happen to like Trump as a, he's entertaining. Yeah. So I hope he doesn't win, but I do hope he keeps it going because I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this spectacle. I feel like if you went out with Trump, though, you'd end up at a key party at the end of the night for some reason. Like everyone's <laughs> wearing weird masks and throwing their room keys in a dish. <laughs> uh, you're like, your, your wife's really weird looking. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Probably. Uh, so then, right? So then, uh, and then the, the, the girl that was with this guy kept going, let's go Eagles. <laughs> like, that was, the, I'm, like, she, I'm like, so that was their whole thing. Let's go Eagles. Yeah. And then the guy yelling the Trump. I'm like, you guys are the perfect couple. Uh, and I was so pissed because I, I had it recorded and my camera didn't work. Yeah. I was like, oh, of course, like those type of old moments, which you'll never get back. Which, and then it goes through my head of like, I would have put this on YouTube and then I would have been totally famous now because it would have got millions of hits and that would have been my way out of here. All this stuff. But of course, it doesn't, you know, but who knows? Because a lot of times when you record it on YouTube, you don't have the, the, the camera on the heckler. So you can't see how fucked up the person is. Yeah. At least I'm, at least I'm telling myself that because I was beating myself up all night for not having it recorded. So then, right, next door to the, to the comedy club, there's a huge, like, huge country bar. And first there was a guy singing who has a new hit called, like, I, I Bought a Boat or something. I don't know the guy's name, but it's a big country song. The next night, Aaron Lewis was there, who was the lead singer of Stained. So I, I walk over after the show. I want to watch the show. And, uh... All of a sudden, Aaron Lewis is now a country singer, which I didn't know. I knew him from the guy from Stained. So he's like, you know, I wrote this next song, and the place is packed, about our president who doesn't understand a couple things. Like, he's trying to take away our flags we had for 200 years and take oh, away geez. our guns. Oh. And people are all cheering about this. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, where, this- was the, where was the Trump heckler at this show? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're damn right, brother. <laughs> uh, so then the guy, Aaron, would do all these country songs, and I guess some people liked it. I didn't know any of them. But then he would sing a, St- a Stain song, and all of a sudden every camera went up. It was like, yeah, we love the guy from Stain. And then he would be like, my next song is, you know, country music isn't on the radio anymore. And it was, it was just, it was nuts. So that was, uh, that was my week. And then of course, like 
It was actually fun because I'm, da- I'm dating this girl now who I, I like a lot. I really, I really like her a lot. And, um, and uh, my ex-girlfriend texts me over the weekend, hey, come out dancing, right? Because I used to be a really good dancer back in my heyday. Now, now I have a blown ACL and I got to lose about 20 pounds. But is there video? What? <laughs> yes. You're great dancing? Yes, there is video. <laughs> I have video of my dancing. I, was, I wasn't great compared to like Justin Timberlake, but I was great amongst my my friends. Okay. So, so she texts me, she knew me back and she's like, Hey, come dancing. And my ex is dating somebody now. Yeah. So I text back, why don't you ask your boyfriend? And then, uh, and then she writes, ha ha. And then that was it. But that kind of felt good to like, that was a kind of a victory. Yeah. So. It's always, that's, that's always that timing though. You find a girl. Cause I, I've, I've met Gina. She's super cool, man. And, uh, and, and I'm glad that things are going well, but it's like you get a, something's going good. And then, then that's when your ex always is like, Hey, what's up? Yeah, and, they know you're happy for some reason. Yeah, it's like they can sense it. Yeah, exactly. And you know what she wants? She wants me to come and like make her feel good about herself and like like give her attention. She's one of those girls that she 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 like I, I made her feel good about herself. I actually liked her. Back this was a long time ago, and now she wants that. I'm not, I'm not going to give it to her anymore. If I find, you have have your boyfriend do it. Sorry, he's not giving you the attention. Stand you strong, want. girl. Yeah. I believe in you. Yeah. So <laughs> to the ladies out there, you can't just use Adam for his body and his dance moves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How was how was your week? What's going on with you? Uh, it's been crazy. I had a bunch of college gigs over the last few weekends and I like the same thing, man, just planes, trains and automobiles, like just trying to not get sick. Like I had a flight, uh, LAX to Philly and I, you know, when you're at the gate and you're like looking around and you're like, there's a dude like, who's like probably 400 pounds. And I'm like, Oh God, man, I hope, you know, like whoever has to sit next to that dude. And of course I get on the plane. It's you. It's me. And he's in all of his seat and most of my seat. And uh, I'm just like, I already, I, I'm terrible at sleeping on planes. If I could like have one superpower, that like that would be it. Cause yeah. I could not sleep on yeah. planes. And I'm always doing these red eyes, like to go to gigs and stuff like that. But dude, he was just like all over me. Uh, so I didn't sleep a wink on the plane, but oh. it's like, uh, it's a free I, pillow. Uh, nah, a hot, sweaty pillow. Yeah, I guess. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I've just been on planes and rental cars and stuff like that. But I did, I did a college gig out in Arkansas. It was just a blast, man. And I did a uh, a gig last weekend at um, Hamilton College in upstate New York, and uh, so much fun. I got uh, a show out in uh, like Jupiter, Florida, this weekend. Uh, another college gig. So. All right, okay, Rich. How was your week? <laughs> it was really great. What have got you been up to? La Jolla, doing nice. the, doing the, my first weekend at the Comedy Store down in La Jolla, nice. which was pretty rad. And they put you up in the most beautiful condo. I don't know if you've ever been to the La Jolla Comedy Store condo. They bought it in 1970 for nothing. It's on the beach in PB. Your view is the ocean. Nice. So three in the morning, the other comics have all passed out. I'm still going. And there's this guy walks out onto the pier by himself. There's no one on the pier at all with these two big sticks with ropes between them. And starts using the wind to blow these like Volkswagen sized bubbles out onto the ocean. And no one, this is love of the game type shit. No yeah. one's there watching him. Yeah. He's just doing it because he enjoys it. That's cool. And so I'm blasted. I'm like, I could stay here and watch from a distance or I could live life. So I went down and sat next to him for an hour and watched him blow bubbles while two stoner <laughs> kids come up with a blunt and they're like, hey, let's get crazy and watch bubbles. So yeah. Were you, were you, were you stoned as well? Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Now I know uh, now Rich. I've known you for probably like five, six years. I always thought you were a very funny comic. We've done a lot of shitty gigs together, at like yep. youth, youth hostels and stuff. <laughs> and then you know, I thought you were you know you you work at the University of MMA. Uh, you're a, a very knowledgeable in MMA. Now I remember you took a job working at the comedy store. Yes. you're like I'm going to work at the comedy store. I'm going to seat people, which a lot of famous comics have done that. I think uh, Mark Maron did that a long time ago. Maron did it. Kinnison did it. Jim Kin- Carrey did Jim it. Jim Carrey. Uh, Ari Carl- Shafir. Carlos Mencia. Ar- Ar- Ari Shafir. But I've also seen it go the other way, where you can um, you you go there and you, and you just 
you just end up like the life that you've had in your eyes is gone and sure. where you're just there. You're at a comp because working at a comedy store, it could be rough. First of all, you're, you're not necessarily going up all the time. You're watching comics that you're better than go up. You're not really getting paid that much. It's frustrating. It's a lot. It's very frustrating for a lot of people. So I, I seem to go both ways. Uh, how's your experience been so far? When it, when the job is good, it's great. It's the best job on the planet. And when it's bad, it's the worst time of your life. And so that's that's what you trade off. It's the highs and lows. There are some nights where I'm in the back of the club smoking weed with Dave Chappelle, and there are some nights when I'm sprinkling sawdust on puke. So it's just night by night. Oh. But with, it, it, with, it was also here, with Dave Chappelle. Is, also with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. <laughs> No, here's the thing is like I, my career was moving forward and I took a small step back to come work at the comedy store, but it was to open larger doors forward. My comedy has gotten infinitely better in the last year, year and a half being there. How often and do you go up? I get up there probably about six to eight times a month, depending. So I get my, my weekly spot for sure and then development spots and then the guys around the store put you up. But the, it's not just so much the quantity there, it's the quality. You know how bad so much of the stage time is here in LA. You're in front of nothing or nobody or yeah. maniacs or whatever. There, I'm up in front of real good crowds where I can actually see if a bit works or not and not abandon something because it didn't work in front of three open micers. How much time are you going up for? Three to ten, depending on the show. Right. Yes, that's but, the then I, but then I still go on the road and I get to feature and do real time or I'm you know, headlining Harvell's tomorrow night. So I have to do you know, headliner time tomorrow. Right. So I still get those things mixed in to actually work on my act. And that stuff is fine tuning. And my sharpness, like I've... Before, I already had the sword, but now being there, I'm just sharpening it down to a fine point. Good. Oh, I'm happy it's working out for you, man. Uh, let's talk about some fights. Some mm-hmm. fights that happened over the weekend. Uh, first of all, uh, the Anthony Johnson-Ryan Bader fight. We'll go with we'll that first. Oh, boy. Uh, that was uh, a pretty bad game plan by Ryan Bader. Uh, you know, <laughs> take a shot from 30 feet away yeah. against a wrestler. Although, you know, I, I was reading somebody on the underground was saying, yeah, but that, that shot probably worked in practice for him. A hundred times, like it probably he was taking down his 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 his, his teammates with that. So he probably figured, oh, my, I mean, he, he's an all American wrestler, double leg. I'll take him down. I'll hold him. But uh, there has to be a better plan B of of get the fuck out of there. Uh, thoughts, CB, the intern. Uh, I think I think the shot was decent. He got him down. He had the straight armbar. I think, in my opinion, and I was watching it with friends who are also jujitsu players. He had a point where like he had the arm so far out that I felt like he could have gotten the sweep on Johnson and gotten on top, which at that point I feel like Rumble would have been in a horrible position. But the second that Anthony pulled that arm out and got him out, I said, he, it's, it's over. There's no way Ryan's getting out. And Anthony, no matter where he is, he could throw bombs that hurt. I wouldn't doubt it if he was in his own guard from the bottom and threw a shot that would knock a dude out on top. Yeah, probably. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it kind of felt bad for Bader because he had won five fights in a row going up to this, and it was like he had all this momentum. But it's just Anthony Johnson, a different beast. Um, and I don't, I don't, it wasn't necessarily a terrible game plan. You, you were supposed to try to take him down and grind him out. That was the way to beat him. Maybe get him tired before. Maybe dance a little more. Well, like he's not shooting from that far out, yeah. though. I, you know, I just feel like every – I mean, he's such a great wrestler. I think even he would say I, I probably shot from too far out. He didn't set it up with anything. And Rumble's – I mean, you can say Bader's gonna, like an all-American wrestler and he's going to out-wrestle him. But still, uh, Johnson can sprawl. Uh, he's a great uh, wrestler as well, too. Yeah, he's so, a college wrestler. You know, it's just like uh, it looked like a panic move. Uh, and <laughs> Wouldn't you panic in that situation? You <laughs> no. Rumble across from you? No, absolutely. <laughs> but it's like if you're going to execute a game plan, you know you want to shoot the takedown, you've got to give it the best shot you can, which is, I mean, set it up with a jab, a punch, something, a kick. Like, like don't just, you know, 
ah, it just. Somebody said yeah. that the, uh, the somebody wrote the yoga mat lasted longer, <laughs> which I thought was a funny thing. Yeah, so that was terrible. The Josh Barnett Rothwell one, that was actually the most surprising. I did not think that I, I did pick Ben Rothwell, um, mm. but I didn't pick him by submission. No, yeah, never. Uh, but he does have that like gorilla strength of just you know, when he gets that that what I don't know, what is that? It's a modified they call, guillotine. Or? They called it the go go, which yeah. I don't understand because in Portuguese it was translating to like some form of a neck choke, but not an actual guillotine. Yeah, and I watched it multiple times. I, to me, a go go is with the leg across, like Nick Diaz talking to Origami. Right, but right. I, I, you know what, Barnett just didn't. He didn't seem like he was all there. Really, I, mean, I thought he, he was defy the first round. He was threw close. a stiff jab that I liked. He threw a real stiff jab that busted up Ben. I'm like, he's he's setting himself up. He's he's gonna get into it. And then I don't know what the hell. I mean, Barnett's never been submitted in MMA. He's been submitted at the ADCC, but he's never been submitted in MMA. And I did not think in all the heavyweights of anybody in the UFC that Ben Rothwell was going to come out and submit. But he him. has that like uh, uh, for back of letter uh, for back for lack of a better term retard strength. Okay, oh, sure. Uh, where he he like he puts your head in between his tits and then pushes them together <laughs> while choking you. I mean, that is like yeah. kind of what he's doing. He's kind of, it's kind of a, a man boob choke in well, some ways. He said in the in the post fight presser, he was talking about he's got a special you know different type of grip that guys don't expect, and that's what makes it tight. And uh, but I was gonna say what it, it looked like to me almost was that it was almost like Barnett didn't think he was in trouble, and then all of a sudden he was in trouble. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. Uh, so yeah. maybe it was one of those things where he got it and he thought he was okay, and then all of a sudden Rothwell squeezed it and just, I mean. IFL never die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it was pretty damn awesome. Um, and I'm happy for Rothwell. I like Ben Rothwell. He came to my show. I like Barnett, too. Uh, I think, that, you know, I don't know where Josh goes from here. You know, obviously he shouldn't be cut. Japan. You, know, you think he goes to Japan? Yeah, make some, make some money. They should, they should set up that Fedor fight. He got $5,000. Yeah, that'd be a great yeah, fight. Fedor, Josh Barnett. That was supposed yeah. to happen years ago, and then the rumor was that Dana paid Josh a couple million to test positive for steroids, and that canceled Affliction's last event, and Affliction went under. Barnett, Fedor at this point, I think is a great idea. It's a lot better than Tito and Fedor. The rumor is what? That Dana paid? The rumor is years ago for Affliction Trilogy, which was Josh Barnett and Fedor, in the main event was that Dana said, you know, I can't have this type of competition. Paid Josh Barnett like a million, two million dollars. Take PEDs, test positive, and which he did. He did test positive. They canceled the event because they were talking about Vitor and Fedor, and Vitor was like 185 at the time. And from that point forward, Affliction lost their backers, and they went under like within a few days. Who told you this rumor? Uh, I have several reliable sources. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Listen, we are going to talk to Dave Mazzani right now, the pain train, who uh, is the only American, I believe, in the East African. It's the EFC. I think East African. What well, should be EAFC fighting championship? I think it's kind of called the EFC. And uh, he's a good dude. And uh, I'm talking. And I, I really like his sister. So uh, we're going to talk to him right now. Hello. Hello. Is this pain train? This is Dave the Pain Train Mazzani. Dave, how are you, man? What's going on? You know, 
what isn't going on? Everything's going on. Now, you were supposed to come down to the studio today. Uh, I actually, I, I met Dave with his sister, Gina Danger. Um, I met them at my show. I thought they were dating. Because uh, I, I was like, how the hell? I was like, how the hell did you get this hot chick? Turns out they were a brother and sister, which I was thrilled with. Um, and you t- and you were telling me all kinds of funny stories after the show about about your fighting. By the way, Dave Mazzani, if you don't know, he's twelve and five at one fifty five out of Extreme Couture, and uh, he he fights for the EFC, which is the East African Fighting Championship. Correct? Extreme Fighting Championship. Extreme. Friday yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, but that oh, it's in East Africa though. It's in South Africa. You're getting all your facts, but it's okay. Though. Okay. I, I right. Okay. Go on. So it's in South Africa. Yes. And now you're the only American in the in the in the thing. Yeah, I'm the only American in that prom- promotion. I sort of snuck on when they needed a fighter last minute, and I was training at a Vanderlei Silva's gym. And my record sucked at the time. I was like four and three coming off of three losses. So they said, hey, let's get this tomato can from Las Vegas, you know, to, to come get beat up by our champion. And uh, the funny thing was, is, is uh, I was just training for the last like six months. I was living off of some savings that I had and some unemployment. Thank you. Um, they just gave me some ibuprofen. I'll, we'll explain that later. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so then they, they brought me down to fight the champ. And so I was like, I took on 10 days notice. I actually threw my back out before that fight. Nobody knows that. My back was, was fucked. It was, uh, I was limping around. I was, I, 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 and the, tw- uh, the 25 hour flight didn't help either. Um, and so I got there, choked the guy out first round. And, um, this, this is Adam's favorite part of the story. Yeah. And, uh, the promoter, the pr- promoters almost killed me for this one. I, I was ecstatic. Because I was coming off of three losses, they put the, the microphone in my face and they go, "Dave Mazzotti, how does it feel to, you know, blah blah blah?" And I go, "Holy shit, this is the best night of my life! I haven't won a fight in years." Oh my <laughs> god! <I beat> the <laughs> After you beat the champion, oh my god! <laughs> and, and, and the and the promoters, man, the promoters just said they were in the back room in the editing room. They're like, "Cut that out! Don't let that air! Oh my god! Don't let so that good. air!" I love that. Saw this guy come off of the three losses, you know, like get choke, like choke out the champ in the first round. That's so, so that is amazing. Yeah. I, I laughed my ass off mm-hmm. when you told me that you were before that. You fought Ryan Ford. Uh, who was a, a really yeah. good fighter uh, out of Canada. I don't know if I'd call it much of a fight. It was kind of a massacre, but <laughs> whatever. Before that, you got massacred by Ryan Ford. But since, uh, mm-hmm. but since that, you've actually won. You've won eight out of your last ten fights. Uh, and some of the guys you beat are in the UFC. You beat Vic Krucic, uh by guillotine. Uh, you beat um, Shane Campbell by unanimous decision. Uh, Shane Campbell has got a fight coming up in the UFC uh, against... Somebody pretty good. Oh, yeah, he's fighting. Shane Campbell's fighting James Krause, his next fight in the UFC. Uh, you beat Steve Kennedy, also a UFC vet, right? Yep. yep. So, I mean... I, and and, and note, note that I beat Vic and Steve Kennedy at, at a middleweight division when I'm a natural lightweight, too. I was this midget, you know, <laughs> submitting these giants. Um, and when I fought Vic, I, had, I did it with a bum shoulder because I, I was stuck in Australia for a month because I, I committed to this fight, I injured myself, and I had to fight him with like zero cardio and uh, <laughs> and a bum shoulder, and I choked this guy who eventually went to the UFC. So yeah, yeah I, a I, salty. 
I, I do. I, I do feel like a lot of like if if there was an Ultimate Fighter or something, like you could definitely be in the UFC right now. You're definitely UFC caliber. You're just a guy who just yeah. has. You just haven't had a couple breaks go your way. Um, well, here's here's the deal, Adam. Being a being a lightweight, a man of my size, there's a lot of people that are my size and weight that can beat people up. A lot of people have the same uh, record as me. You know, so then I guess you got to bring something extra to the table and you got to be at the right place at the right time. Um, so I guess I, I'm naturally not a super boring person. So I'm hoping that will, you know, help me, you know, cutting an interview and doing some pro wrestling or whatever. Yeah. By the way, uh, plus you have a really hot sister who I have, a, who I happen to like a lot. So uh, just for the record. And, and this is why I want to be in the studio. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> No, 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 yeah, no. Right now, you're in the hospital. Like a bad cellulitis. Yeah, right yeah. now, you're right now. You're in the hospital right now. As we're talking to you, I am in the hospital right now. What happened? Yeah, um, I, I took a bad fall, and I, I, you know, had a buddy stitch it up because obviously, you know, fighters don't have good medical coverage. Because why? Why would we need medical coverage? Um, or how could we afford it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I was I was stuck in the I, I, I took a fall and eventually got infected and I got cellulitis and now I am here um, in the hospital spent the night and they're about to go squeeze some shit out of it right now. <laughs> Tell you the truth, Jesus. Um, well, hang in there, man. Because yeah. uh, I know I know that you were supposed to come up here with your girlfriend, who's also uh, in the entertainment industry. Correct? <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. No. We're, um, we're all entertaining, but <laughs> now you're now you also do pro wrestling. Uh, you you lost yeah. to Phil Baroni, right? I love. Yeah, he's a, he's man. He, he thinks he's a New York badass, but he's actually just a cheating asshole. You know, he, <laughs> I, I hit him, I hit him with a I hit him with a sunset flip from the ring apron. You know, first I put I threw the iron claw on him. He grabbed the tights. To, to ram my head in the turnbuckle, which is cheating, right? But you know, and and then I, I hit a, I hit a sunset flip from the ring apron for a pin. Um, he 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 sat on me and grabbed the rope for leverage to hit the one two three. You uh. know, so I mean, you know. Now yeah. now what when, now what organization was this in? This was in um, this is in three PW. Is D'Lo? I don't know if you remember D'Lo Brown. This was his. A promotion that he was working with. Now, what was that? Um, no, uh, CBR intern is really into wrestling. Uh, shocker. Yeah. Uh, so, what is D'Lo? Three PW. What is that? D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown is famous for crippling Drozdov. Wait, what was that? D'Lo Brown is famous for hitting a move on a guy named Darren Drozdov in the WWE years ago, and he crippled him. He's he a quadriplegic him? now, and oh, he's never going to get his. Uh, He's never going to get his movement yeah. back. Well, I mean, was it on purpose? A mistake? Uh, he just didn't really know what he was doing. And since then, nobody really will give him a chance to wrestle. He just oh. books now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. He, he, re- he recently wrestled at the P- Paragon Pro Wrestling. Okay. Uh, and uh, Okay, it's now. Really good. Yeah, it's kind of funny right now. I'm doing this podcast being wheeled around in a wheelchair. <laughs> just, just to let you know. Now, and now, so there's people and there's nurses and people looking at me. <laughs> I'm talking about pro wrestling now, um, but yeah. then now you were supposed Before to beat you. Phil. You were supposed to uh, beat Phil in the Royal Rumble, right? And then Phil texted, d- didn't show up or something. It was a battle royal. <laughs> you know, 
I, I don't I don't know. He just he, he was a no show uh, that day. Well, let, let's call Phil right now. Let's call Phil. Get to the bottom of this. Let's get. I want to call Phil right now. Get to the bottom of this because this is this is all our, our our listeners have to know the true story of what happened with you and Phil Baroni. Let's see if he picks up the phone. If, if, you, if you lose me, I'm going into an elevator. So okay, this is back. a very professional podcast right now. We're, we have a guy, in the, a guy in the I'm hospital. Gonna, I'm gonna get a guy in a wheelchair. A guy in a wheelchair with no insurance, getting his getting his elbows squeezed out. Phil Baroni, who you know is stoned right now, who who who, who refused to re- who who cheated in the wrestling match, and our intern who knows everything about this. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Hi, who's this? It's Adam Hunter it's from the MMA Roasted Podcast. Oh, yeah, what's up, dude? What's up, man? How are you? Good, man, good. We're on the show right now? Yeah, we're on the show right now. Uh, we also you have... Fucking a fucking prick. Why <laughs> didn't you fucking tell me? <laughs> I, 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 try, I try calling I, you. I was, a, I was a fucking ready. I'm at a strip club and you fucking called me. Are you <laughs> fucking <laughs> one? You're, you're at a strip club right now? Hey, you fucking idiot. It's, I'm not fucking ready to do a fucking interview. It's 1240 on a Monday. You're getting, you're getting a lap dance? I ain't even go home yet. I ain't even go home yet. <laughs> You've been there since last night? Oh, what's yeah, your, What strip club are you at? Sophia's. <laughs> nice. Well, we have Dave. Yeah, the, we have the club. Just hope I go. Nice. Well, c- congratulations. How, how do the girls look? Fucking a bunch of times. Nice. Good work, man. Anyway, yeah. so uh, we're on the phone with Dave Mazzani, the pain train, who says you beat him in wrestling. Yeah, he, he, came over, he came over here before it was, uh, before, before it opened. <laughs> now, that, oh, it. Now, um, now, Dave says that you che- that you guys wrestled, but, you, but that you cheated. Yeah, I hit the sunset flip. I hit the sunset flip. He sat on me, grabbed the rope. You know, held me down. I fucking One, two, three. You couldn't handle. <laughs> you, you couldn't handle me without cheating, Phil. You couldn't handle. You suck. Me. I wasn't even trying, you fag. <laughs> wait, wait. You weren't even trying. No, I, I, I was fucking have a good time. I was getting massages out the ring. He sucks. <laughs> he gave it all my jock. I yeah, don't know what he is. He, he spent half the time. He said, spent half the time. Did you get a haircut, you fag. <laughs> oh yeah, you're bald. <laughs> Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, Phil. I've got to, I've got to go get some shit squeezed out of my elbow. Right. I got, yeah, I, got, I, got, I got a, I got a, I got a job for her. What do you mean you got a job for her? Hey, come on. That, that, that's not nice. I'm in a club. Man. She's got. You're talking, to, you're talking, you're talking about Adam's future ex-girlfriend. Come on, man. Yeah, what are you talking about? This is my future ex-girlfriend here. <laughs> but anyways, I have to go there literally putting them on a table right now for, uh, all right. Before I just squeeze some stuff out. So, All right. Hey, what did he uh, say? We'll catch you later. He's, he's in the hospital right now. I'll see you in the square circle. I'll see you in the square circle again. You don't want the iron, the iron claw is waiting for you. Wait, why is he the a fag? Iron claw is get your ass. Stick the iron claw up your ass. I don't even know how to respond. To <laughs> All right, guys. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get this. Uh, I'm gonna get this taken care of, and I'll, I'll call. We'll call back some other time. I'll All get right, back cool. on. We'll talk story. All right, All thanks, right, man. Graham, beat it. Uh, hit the road, Jack. Right, thank you. 
Phil, how's it going, man? Good, good. So you've been at the strip club all night long? Yeah, gotta go home soon. Ah, oh, nice. All right. Uh, so what's 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 all new in, in, in your life? What, what's new with you? Nothing. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, Phil, it was it's great talking. Yeah, good. See you later. Take it easy. Hit the road, you little faggot. <laughs> all right, take care, Phil. All right, that was Dave Mazzotti and Phil Baroni. We got one guy in the hospital. One guy's at a strip club. I got a job for your sister. Damn. Job for your sister. Stick that iron claw up your ass. You You're in the hospital, you fan. I don't even like. Oh, yeah, I'll tell your sister something. All right. Uh, what did you think of, uh, of that phone call, Rich? It sounds like uh, Phil Baroni <laughs> is uh, promoting Donald Trump's new health care plan, where <laughs> if you go to the hospital, you're a fag. That's uh, Trump, it's Trump care. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know about it. Uh, <laughs> I got a job for your sister. You're sitting here like, wait a second. That's fine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, one guy's in the hospital. The other guys uh, at the strip club at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday. We, we can only we can only hope that Phil was tipping strippers that are working their way through med school to eventually work in a hospital. Yes, it, it all comes full circle. To be yeah. fair, for Phil, it's probably still Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is like when he goes, you like you go to strip club on Monday morning. He goes, no, I've been out since last night. You go, oh, Sunday night at a strip club. Way more sense. That makes way more sense. Way better. I got a job for his sister. She could be one of and these girls. Dave's like, hey, that's my sister. And I'm like, hey, that's my girl. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was maybe, that might have been one of the funniest press conferences you've ever had. Yeah, get out of here, you faggot. Whoa. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about fighting. Um, <laughs> what? Jake Ellenberger, Tarek Safardine. That Told was, you. What, the Tyra could win? Yeah. Jake could have won that fight. Jake had him hurt. I was the only one that called him. Uh, Jake, I don't know, man. Well, obviously, he's our, he, he used to host the podcast here. I'm never going to pick against him. He's a friend of mine. Uh, just, he's gotten a little, I, since that fight with um, Martin Campman, you know, when that, he has always been a little bit gun shy and not, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's worried that he's going to burn himself out, but he had him hurt. He just he- doesn't let his hands go. Yeah, he he got him good with that with that shot, and he had him hurt, and he just didn't uh, he didn't finish. And uh, he needs to cipher in his life, you know. Maybe that's <laughs> he the, needs to learn how to pull the trigger more. I mean, yeah, deal. I don't know, but uh, it, it sucks. And I, I hope Jake doesn't get cut. If he does get cut, you know, hey, and now guys are actually leaving the UFC to go to Bellator as opposed to just getting cut. Like yeah. it just came out today that Ben Henderson's now at Bellator. He's probably going to make three times as much money. I mean, Phil Davis said he made three times as much money. Some of these guys that are have these these sponsorships, you know, it, it's probably a, a, a decent move for them. Yeah, it got to be. I mean, also, I think that Benson knew he would never get the Conor McGregor fight, and Conor's possibly going to take over that division. And so, yeah, I think that was part of it, too. He's sitting there going like, okay, I see that the, the pool's too deep between all the guys at the top. There's no more money for me in the UFC at lightweight. Time That'd to be run. a good fight, actually, Ben Henderson, Conor McGregor. Be interesting. I almost think Benson wins that fight. I mean, Benson's a hard guy to hurt. He's got a. I mean, who's ever heard him? Except for uh, Dos Anjos. I don't know. If, and who else? Uh, Pettis subbed him, but he didn't really hurt him. Hurt him. No, Pettis subbed him, uh, but he he walked through Thatch, and Thatch is a huge one set. I think that's a good fight, actually. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Not anymore. So, <laughs> not anymore. And the thing about the thing about Dana though is that once you leave, it's one thing if you get cut, go to Bellator, come back. 
you know, but like a guy like um, the Barn Cat or something. But if, when you leave on your own terms to go to Bellator, Dana's taking that personal. You're not coming back. I don't. I don't see how you how you're gonna come back unless you're a huge draw, and it's some kind of weird thing. I don't see it. I, he, he takes things very personal. Well, you wonder. To, I mean, if Ben Benson just jumped ship, or you, I, you imagine that he probably had an offer from the UFC, had an offer from Bellator, and went with the best offer. Uh, actually, Bellator offered him a ton of money. Where, along the same lines, the sponsorship is way better. And UFC this morning say we're declining the match. That's they, my that's my yeah. point. They had an offer to keep him if they wanted. Our to, intern and they, knows everything. And yeah. they, and they <laughs> this is unbelievable. So to me, there's like the Rain Man of mixed martial arts. <laughs> You're not the first person to tell me that on the show. No, but there's there's a difference between turning your back and walking away from an organization, and there's a and saying, all right, here are two offers on the table, and you're going to go with the best. Yeah, offer. but it, I don't think the UFC looks at it that way. I know I, I love Dana, and one of the great things about Dana is that he will fight with people on Twitter and call them call them <laughs> oh eggs yeah. and call them. Class clown shoes and, and tell them that they're idiots and losers. But another thing is that the other side of the, like him where he's like, you know what? There's a certain loyalty that you that he want, expects you to have. And, you know, look, he helped make Ben Henderson. The UFC, I mean, Ben Henderson, you know, WEC kind of made Ben Henderson, but the UFC took him to that, that next level. And they gave him a lot of shots. But Ben's also a great company man. He took fights on two days notice, three days notice. Yeah. But, I, you know, the good thing about that is it's Ben Henderson – wouldn't if I was in the UFC, I wouldn't be as concerned with guys like Ben Henderson, uh, Josh Thompson, other guys, Phil Davis, because I feel like while they are top ten fighters, they're not. They have losses. It's guys like Aljamain jumping ship. That's what I would be worried about mm-hmm. because they have no losses. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Aljamain wins the the one thirty five belt. He, you could argue that he's the best 135 pound in the world. A guy like Phil Davis wins the 205 belt. Yeah, he still has losses to the Anthony Johnsons, to you know, to Ryan Bader's or certain guys like that. It's it's when undefeated guys jump ship yeah. is when you have to worry. I mean, in terms of Aljo, it feels like in the UFC right now. I think everybody knows that he is on a wave and he's incredibly talented. Nobody wants to fight him. Nobody wants to fight. I was talking to him after he did the podcast a while back before I was even in here. And he was just like, I can't get a fight. And then all of a sudden he's like, I want Caraway. And then Caraway's on Twitter saying, I'm going to fight Thomas Almeida. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. And in terms of what you said with the cuts, I mean, I don't know if they'll, in terms of Ellenberger, I don't know if they'll cut him right now. I do know that they released 11 fighters the other day. They did. And they let, and a couple guys that I kind of like Danny Castillo, was I was bummed about. Um, Hader Hassan, who's been on the show before, a couple other guys. Just UFC, Coast Caraway still released. fights for the UFC. Who? Just Coast Caraway still just, fights for the UFC. Just Coast. Yeah, Brian Just Coast Caraway after Amisha Tate told him to Just Coast in the third round. So <laughs> oh <he> yes, <laughs> yes. Brian Caraway is a great fighter. Uh, he's just bad management, and like he was one of those things. He doesn't want to fight in the same card as Misha, so they keep offering him the same card as Misha for some reason. And then it's uh, I, I I lost that. But yeah, some of the guys that they cut. So let's we gotta talk about the the elephant in the room, uh, Sage Northcut. Uh, Sage Northcut, uh, fantastic young man. I'm, I'm gonna give you my thoughts on Sage Northcut right now. Uh, number one, look, he does seem like a very nice kid, and this this hate that's tore, that's from the other fighters in the UFC, I don't think it's warranted because it wasn't like he was going around saying I'm the best in the world. The UFC 
was picking handpicking him, handpicking Paige Van Zandt based on looks and appeal, and they were sort of forcing them down on everyone's throat. And that's what people got really upset about. And that's why all these fighters, when he lost, were clowning him. And I'm going to read a couple things people said. However, I do think that that tap, while like we talked about this before the show, I've never been in that situation. I don't you know do jujitsu to, to that. I mean, it did seem like he it was a premature tap. He is 19 years old. Uh, he also lives a very what it seemed to be a very sheltered life. Uh, his parents ban the internet from him. He's not allowed to use the internet. He, uh, I know that he says, I don't want a girlfriend. He, he does seem like a, like, a, like a 12-year-old stuck in a 19-year-old body, but stuck in a 35-year-old bodybuilder body. Um, that being said, I, I do kind of feel a little bad for him. Be, but you know what? He, not like he's going to read any of this shit anyway. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think once things got tough, he was like, I'm out of here. Um, he he like definitely did quit. He definitely took, you know, he definitely felt uncomfortable. And he was like, you know, I'm out of here. And I do feel like this brushback is not his doing. It's the UFC's doing for throwing Sage Northcutt on everybody. And other sports don't really do that. If you're a basketball player and, and you're not getting 30 points, you're not really do, cutting your weight, they're, they're not going to play you. I mean, Sage Northcutt's fights, the first guy they fought wasn't even in the UFC. Second guy was a weird stand-up against. Uh, and, then the, and then this third guy, Brian Barbarino, you know, they did not expect him to beat Brian Barbarino. Brian Barbarino's a tough guy, great coaching. John Couch is a great coach. Do, I don't know. Do I think Sage will come back? Possibly. He, does, he, he, he doesn't have the wrestling background. He doesn't have the grappling background. He has the point karate background, which is not even like having a Muay Thai background. I feel like point karate, it's a different sort of sport. It's a, sort of a, not really fighting. It's more it's just more like self-defense. Whereas I don't like know. Muay Thai, you're really trying to hurt somebody with your kicks and yeah. stuff. And I mean, in terms of Sage, you know, one of the things is he went up 15 pounds. He yeah. got the fight on like a week's notice because the other guy dropped out. He was at 170. So yeah, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit for still taking it and saying, you know what, I'm going to go up 15 pounds. The only issue I have right now, and the jiu-jitsu side of things is, is a whole other story, but today on, on um, I think it was the MMA Hour or one of, one of the shows, He's saying, you know, I had strep throat and I was battling and I'm taking all these medic all this medication. It's like, you know, I at first you were like, yeah, I lost. He was the better man. I love fight pass. But now it's like, you know, I I was I'm taking medicine. I had strep throat. I was battling it. You think he step, choked because you know? he had strep throat? Uh, no, I. You know what? <laughs> he tapped the strep in, throat. In terms of the tap, yeah. the choke wasn't in. It was just pressure. And anybody who's done jujitsu knows if the shoulder's going into you and they're trying to move over, yeah, the pressure sucks, but. It goes away after a second, or you can move. It's not like where the choke's in, and you're like, I'm either going to tap or I'm going to pass out. Well, here's some of what people throw out. Ramsey Nijim wrote, LOL, what a joke. Steve Northcutt tapped out to a choke setup. Angela Magana, who really shouldn't be talking. She hasn't won since 2011. I, I love Angela, but uh, I want $40,000 for a scaredy tap. Uh, Will Brooks writes, that's what you call a panic tap, which I think that's right. He panicked. Um, and then uh, Kevin Lee I'd rather go out on my shield than quit, says Northcut. He actually added him. There's no excuse for quitting. And Kevin Lee's gone out on the shield. So what? Kevin Lee recently went out on the shield. Uh, he so went yeah, out good, on, but he, good but, on you, Kevin. But he did try to keep fighting, though. Uh, Kevin Lee, that, that fight, I, I think it was a pretty good stoppage, but he, he was trying to keep fighting. Uh, Tim Kennedy goes, uh, UFC promoted superstars are losing at an alarming rate. Northcut, 
Paige, and Rhonda. He spelled Rhonda wrong. Put an H in there. The only one left is Connor. That's where I think the issue is, is let the fans and let the fighters choose who, who we want to like. It's when the UFC decides we're going to push certain people. That's when you ha- it becomes more entertainment and not enough sport. Uh, and I don't think other guys really have that. But the, the, the only problem that that is is that when you have guys like GSP from Canada, when you have guys like from uh, uh, Connor from Ireland, they're automatically going to get people behind them because of where they're from. There are not that many fighters from Ireland. There are some, but not that many. Uh, from Canada, there's the, how many great fighters came out of Canada. There were some good fighters. You know, the Gary Goodriches and the Patrick Cote, but there, but there wasn't any, not many superstars. You know, whereas it seems like in America or Brazil, there are more guys. Um, who, who, like, this is a great case in point for what you're talking about. Chris Weidman should have been a superstar. Yeah. No one really cared about Chris Weidman, even though he beat Anderson twice, beat Vitor, beat Lyoto. He's sitting there going, get on the train. And everyone's like, yeah, but I don't know, whatever. It'll be here tomorrow, right? Americans are like, I think we're just spoiled. Like, for example, when I remember like Ricky Hatton fought in Vegas, the entire England yeah. came over to support him. Yet when like Mayweather comes, goes to another country, not e- like only I don't even think his dad even shows up. <laughs> like it's like there are, I mean maybe some Americans that happen to be there that are uh, on a tourism anyway will show to the fight, but no one's flying to England to watch an American fighter fight in England. We're it's so just- self centered we don't care about international. Name one international competition that we actually give a shit about. If you say the Olympics, you're lying. Yeah, uh, James Vick writes, "Oh my God, what a pussy." <laughs> <laughs> Dude gave up. No heart. UFC, give me this 40-40 next time, because no fucking way I get finished with that shit. LOL. Uh, Justin Gaethje, who's a good fighter, uh, WSOF fighter, great fighter, he writes, says, wow, he tapped in half guard. That's UFC on Fox lingo for, wow, he is definitely a pussy. (laughs) He's young, but I agree with you, Joe. And then uh, Brad Pickett writes, how did you tap from an arm triangle from half guard? He's crying, emoji crying. TJ Grant says Northcutt showed a tremendous amount of heart in this fight. That choke was so tight. LOL. <laughs> As if you didn't know. he was. And then uh, Ben Askren says he should go back to college and get a real job or maybe become an actor. Uh, That's a great advice. To, to really? For any fighter what? at all. <laughs> Everybody should. He should. Why shouldn't he finish college? He'd probably have a... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he's being facetious. Those but. oil engineers make crazy money out of A and M too. Like the kind of money we would all quit comedy right now if we could no, do that job. But dude, we could. Speaking of Fight Pass, we could jump on Fight Pass right now, and we could watch a whole host of 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 fighters who who tapped quick, rolled over, gave up. Not like that. He's, he's not the. You don't think so? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I've I've seen a, a fighter. A, I think I think most guys have had tougher roads to the top. No, I, and, and therefore, when they get there, they don't tap that quick. I agree, but we've all seen dudes like turtle up, give up, like got get you know. But get he wasn't even really getting quit. hurt though. Like he, he he got a couple elbows. Which look, don't get me wrong, I would suck to get those elbows. But he wasn't in a Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler death match. No, not at all. You know, all. Uh, I mean, Tony Ferguson says he's a total pussy. Whoa, tap like a little bitch and tried to tell the ref differently. Uh, Khabib, and then Khabib stuck up for him. He said, well, I think Khabib's manager, Ali, but he goes, talk shit about 19-year-old. You're jealous of him because he makes more money than you. You are a bum. That was to Tony Ferguson. So, uh, that's because they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's because they're fighting. So, that I mean... That fucking fun. That's going to be a great it's fight. Been, yeah. It's been booked before, and I know. didn't make it, but hopefully. So, I mean, is it right for these fighters to hop on this thing? I mean, 
But I feel like that's because that's they're not they're not mad at Sage Northcutt. They're mad at the fact that they're getting less money, but they're too less big of pussies to yell at the UFC, so they yell at this nineteen year old kid. <laughs> No, I, I completely understand why they're upset. They, 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 the UFC got behind a young kid and they and they backed him and they pushed him and they probably think, well, if they push me and back me and they and they kind of hand uh, fed me fights or, and they everybody like talking about his forty forty split, like um, that's a lot of money for an incoming fighter. So I can understand why they're upset, but it's just it's so rough to watch guys just like talk so much shit about a, a young kid who. He seems like a super positive kid, and yeah. hopefully he comes back and he, you know. That's the problem also, though, when you have shows like Looking for a Fight, when you have yeah. these television-produced shows. It's one thing on The Ultimate Fighter where you got to win five fights to get a yeah. contract, yeah. Uh, whereas if Sage Northcutt, that he would have been out the first fight. That would have been it, you know, versus they go – even that other fight on that card where they were hyping that kid – uh, on the oh, uh, Randy Brown, Randy yeah, Brown, man. that was a terrible fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was because they're going looking for a fight. There's a reason these guys are still in this in these amateur or, or you know pro organizations with three four fights. There's a reason for it. It's like taking it's like going to a comedy club, going to uh, an eight o'clock show on a Saturday. A guy has a good set, and then you go, hey, you know what? You're ready for 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 uh, a half hour, or you're oh, ready yeah. for a Netflix special. Like like no, I mean. But I understand as a comic because as a comic who's been doing this for 17 fucking years and who has to go to North Carolina for fucking whatever. And after the show, people go, you're the funniest comic I've ever seen. Oh, my God. People do say it to me. You're the best comic that we've ever had here. You know, and then to then call up a comedy club and be like, hey, can I get on? Oh, sorry. We're fucking booked. Uh, but we have, you know, this guy. I understand the frustration that these, these fighters are going through because it's a lot of the same shit. Trust me, when I drive around and there are billboards of certain comics, I'm like, what the fuck? Like this guy, I used to book this, this comic. I used to book this chick. I understand about the marketing and why it gets frustrating. And I'm sure you do too, Rich. I mean, you're sitting there fucking picking up dog shit at fucking the comedy store. Yeah. And, and these guys who with who have three arts are getting walked right in. Oh, yeah. and, and you're like, what the fuck? My, you put my 20 against their 20. Put my 30 against their 30. 45, 45. However, like you said, it's not necessarily the comic's fault. It's the system's fault. It's... It's the entertainment industry's fault. It's whatever it is is fault. You know. Um, Instead of asking why they're getting booked for that fight, you need to ask what can I do differently to get booked for that fight. That, that's, that's the my, qu- the first question. But sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's people people did nothing wrong. Tony Ferguson did nothing wrong. Tony Ferguson's a fucking monster. He just beat what Barboza. He he just, he beat all these guys. Like Tony Ferguson, I understand why Tony Ferguson has a fucking gripe. Because he won the Ultimate Fighter, he, he's won his last eight out of nine fights. He lost to what? Michael Johnson was his only loss. He lost to Michael Johnson, and even signing, even after winning the Ultimate Fighter, you get a five fight, six figure contract, which is basically twenty grand a fight. Um, if Sage wins, he makes four times that, and he's one fight in the UFC. I understand, and, he, and he, the first guy he fought was like picked up, but like Greg said, at whatever Seven Eleven. Yeah, he, yeah, he was doing tires at Costco or something. <laughs> yeah, something ridiculous. So I understand it. I, and you know what? Maybe it is good for the sport because now this is bringing attention. Although I do think that the UFC should slow down with trying to pick a superstar versus just putting the guys out there to fight and let the crowds pick the superstar. Well, I think the fans sometimes, like we see it from a mile away. We know what's going on because like if you watch the sport and you follow it, you know the guys that you know you like and that you the guys have proven themselves. So you can totally tell when the UFC is pushing a guy and stuff like that. But I just don't get – I think what I don't understand is the, is the the outright like hate and animosity. I feel the frustration with comics and stuff too, and I see, see it too, but I don't hop on Twitter and talk shit about – Well, you, you, uh, you don't because that, also – well, the, one of the reasons you don't is because – 
number one, uh, you don't want to burn a bridge. Well, number one, that's not the kind of person I am. But number two, yeah. I right like, now I'm calling out Gerard Carmichael <laughs> for a comedy fight. I well, mean, he's just, he was hilarious. I was trying to pick a young guy who's got a lot well, yeah, of stuff. Yeah, Carmichael. I mean, a lot, you know how many comics were like, I mean, he whipped out his notes during a special. And you know how many comics were like, what the fuck? This guy has an HBO special and is reading And his now notes. his sitcom is crushing it, though. I didn't say anything because exactly. I didn't even watch the special. I, I watched 10 minutes of it and go, yeah. this is whatever. This is fine. This is funny. Uh, but I'm saying a lot of comics, but a lot of comics, it's, it's different, though, because uh, maybe these guys actually get fights where comics don't, you know. I don't know. Who knows? Let's just fucking call Jorge Masvidal. Uh, let's talk <laughs> Love to you, a, Gerard, dude. A real fighter. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I mean, you see it with like Amy Schumer. You see it with Carmichael. You see it with Whitney Cummings. You saw it with Well, also, you don't, people them. don't see what happens behind the scenes, too. Like, okay, so with Sage, people don't, people are like, well, here's this 19-year-old, blah, blah, blah. What they don't see is 70-plus world championships in various martial arts. They, they don't, they don't One see- One martial all- art. Point karate. <laughs> is that the only thing he has? More, has he has championships in? Yeah, I thought yeah. he had a couple other ones besides point karate. No, he 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 wrestled in high school, senior year. Was record was sixteen and ten. Uh, I either way, I would, the, what, they're sitting there like belt and jiu-jitsu, blue it, belt. The thing that bothers me about the whole thing, and it has nothing to do with Sage, but number one, Barbarina beats him, goes on this rant tantrum in the post fight interview. But the problem that bothers me is like I know who picks the bonuses after the fights. And you have two performances bonus, and you have a fight of the night. How can you tell me that Dana will not give Brian Barberina the performance of the night bonus when he dominated this super sage Northcut? And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge he didn't Rumble dominate. Ju- I mean, the first round was even. You probably gave it a sage, but he finished him with like a, a barely choke. And in terms of my comparison, I'm a huge Rumble Johnson fan, one of his biggest fans. But to give him a performance of the night bonus for knocking Bader out on the on the floor, it's it's kind of expected. But because Barbarina did the whole "woo, I beat Sage Northcutt," and then he did his little front roll because he that can't was do so a front funny. flip. That was so and funny. And it's like you know what? You think that's Screw why they that didn't give it to him? I, you know what? I don't know why they didn't give it to him. But that bothers me. The guy deserves the bonus. But it wasn't a real choke. <laughs> but he still made him tap. He beat the hype train. That's a fair and, point. <laughs> and Rumble gets it. Yeah, for, but, but it's just, yeah, I understand. But Rumble beat Ryan Bader. Who who had just beat Rashad Evans, Phil Davis? Rashad after two years. Uh, okay, Rashad Evans, Russell Phil Davis, Phil Davis. He beat these guys. Okay, he beat him, yeah. Northcutt beat uh, you know Cheech and Chong and the but other guy. Did anybody really believe that Bader was going to beat Rumble? I, people have put money on him. It was it was, it was three to one. Ugh, people, it was three to one. It was yeah. It was three. People thought that if Bader can get out of the second round, he could take him the distance That's and a possibly long 10 win. Minutes. Yeah. Bader could have been a top three, top five guy if this was two thousand one and he was fighting against Tito and those dudes. He's not built for. He fought Tito, and dude. He, got he beat out. he beat Rashad Evans. Uh, yeah, no, he fought Tito. Got choked out when he was way like the Bader who exists right now. I think could have been super competitive. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. He's not at the same level as the top five guys. Right I disagree. Now. He's, I think he's, he's a gatekeeper. He's no, yeah. no, not the same level. He beat everybody except for John Jones, Daniel Cormier, and uh, Anthony Johnson. So uh, those. He lost to Machida. He lost he to Machida. I was there. Yeah, he lost to Machida. He got knocked out. By okay, Machida. but that was, a, that was a one. All right. So that's. So he's, he's in the. He's right there. He's, he's number five he or, or number four. Tito, he lost to seven years ago. Yeah. It's a long so you don't even have a win in like five years. Regardless, he got yeah, he was, we're the, he's saying he's, he's on a five-fight streak. Baylor's oh, great. And, he's not elite, and there, there's there's a difference when you get to the guys. Well, what who are we are saying? Elite. elite? Are we saying top five or elite? Well, I mean, elite. I mean, that's almost more of like a subjective. Like if you look at John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Anthony Johnson, Alexander Gustafson. Oh, and those Bader guys lost to Glover. Those are four elite light heavyweights. I think the rest I of think the... I think Bader beats Gustafson. You think Bader beats Gustafson? I don't. Yeah. I don't believe that at all. I don't. 
I, I do. See that. And Bader also lost to Teixeira. There Glover you go. Knocked him out. Okay. And but, Glover but t- is not top five either, in my opinion. Okay, so we tried calling Masvidal, and once again, nobody picked up. Uh, for the second week in a row, we cannot get Masvidal on the podcast. Can we call the guy uh, from Jersey? Uh, yes, yeah, so we, should, we should call Lou from Jersey. We actually called the wrong person one time and talked to him for three minutes by accident. Uh, That's great. That's so beautiful. Uh, did, he play, did he pretend to be who you were talking no, to? No, he just wanted to talk to us. Yeah, <laughs> and he talk, we want to talk about Rutgers football, but like, we don't know much about that. Uh, so I want to thank our sponsor, Decipher. People, I've been saying it for weeks now. Decipher is the lifestyle firm designed to help you make your everyday life easier. They specialize in individualized consulting designed to help maximize your potential. Call for strategic and advising and support at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. And pick up their audiobook Decipher Life. You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. Also, tip a fighter. Listen, fighters are really, really underpaid. It is nonsense. It's horrible. However, the fans can now make a difference. You can help Show the fighters how much you support them by going to tipafighter.com at tipafighter, tipafighter.com. So uh, what else can we talk about? Some other fights that happened over the week. Bellator, uh, Bellator fights. Um, it was rough for Ryan Couture. I thought he was actually doing pretty well for a second. He actually, I thought he, he, the guy stumbled. I don't know if he tripped or whatever, but Ryan was doing better striking than I thought he was going to do. And then he just got caught with a, 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 a hook from hell. Uh, Bubba Jenkins just showed up. Big Brother Jenkins, how are you? Uh, did you guys watch that fight with Ryan Couture? Uh, I just saw the horrible, horrible end of it. Yeah, it was rough. It was really rough to uh, to watch. We got that seat. Yeah, uh, I was hoping that Ryan would win. You know, I thought Ryan's game plan should have been to try to take him down and sub him, but instead he decided to strike with him, and it was it was no bueno. Uh, you see that fight? Yeah. What did so you think? All of them. Which one are we talking about? Ryan Couture. Oh yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was actually cornering one of my friends. And um yeah, he just didn't stick to a Where was it? It was in uh Fresno. Oh really? Yeah. Who were you cornering? T Edwards. Did he win? Forty three second knockout. It was beautiful. Nice. Virginia Beach kid's gonna be you know, I, I know all the future champs. <laughs> I think that he's going to be. That really card tough. was crazy, man. A lot of dudes just got planted on that. Oh, it yeah. was like stop and stop. Now, what did, now uh, by the way, this is Rich Slayton, a very funny What's comedian. What's going on, Rich? This is, Bub, this is Bubba Jenkins, no Bellator fighter yeah. slash national champion. Uh, so that was that was rough. Uh, Paul Bradley versus Honeycutt. Uh, that was a good fight. I mean, that was a good fight for Paul Bradley. I was happy for Paul Bradley because like, like I know uh, – What's his name was saying uh, last week, McCorkle, that he took a fight on short notice, lost a split decision, got cut from the UFC. He's been one of these guys who's been up and down. And uh, he, uh, Honeycutt, who was, I think, a two-time All-American, just never got hit that hard. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't know where he was. Yeah, and Paul, Paul's got heavy hands. Most, most ex-wrestlers got really heavy hands because of all the hand fighting and, and how much work we do with our hands as far as making it a big part of our offense. But... I mean, you get hit as solid as he did. You know what I mean? That's going to take out most guys. And with Paul Bradley wanting it as bad as he did, with the club punch clubs afterwards, you know, it was it was going to be a bad show for um other guy. Yeah. Honeycutt. Do you think uh do you think a lot of people say grip strength translates to heavy hands? Do you think that there's truth to that? Yeah. I think there's definitely some some truth to that. I don't know the physics behind it and why that would be, but I do know that, you know, I think Anything you can do with your hands as far as power-wise, whether it's strength, you know, the grip of it, I think it will, it will translate to a good punch. 
What do you think about some of the UFC fights? I liked them. I thought I liked the card. I mean, the uh, the finals was kind of anticlimactic. But you what know. about Ryan Bader's strategy? I, th- I mean, I thought it was a smart strategy as far as taking them down. You know what I mean? But the um, the completion of the strategy it wasn't. That. What did you think about his strategy of like looking directly at the mat while he got hit in the head? Was that a good <laughs> that choice? Was, that was probably not the best. Oh. Strategy. I mean, I'd rather look at the mat than look at the guy's fist coming down. <laughs> That's so. fair. Yeah. So I mean, I mean but he you... wasn't in a position as far as heavy hips with Rumble. Rumble's got some heavy hips. I mean. You can just look at the guy and know I mean, a lot of his punching power comes from his hips. So you can tell if he gets on top and he's pressuring you down like that, it's going to be hard to vary, I mean, to get that guy off you. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was rough. Okay, so okay, uh, we said we can call him right now, Masvidal. So his, his, his phone reset, according to uh, – let's see if uh, this, this actually works. According to Malky Kawa, who's his manager. You know Malky? Yeah, he used to be managed by Malky. Oh, really? Yep. Sounds like it went, went great. Uh, <laughs> hello, uh, Masvidal. What's going on, man? What's up? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Bubba Jenkins. Uh, oh, shit. I know that dude. Rich Slayton. <laughs> what up, boy? Tyler Bo, how's it going? What's up, Playboy? Not much, man. My you boy. know, just living. Just living. I see you doing your thing. Trying, man. Trying, man. Using some of them tricks you showed me, man, from back in the day. <laughs> now, he he was saying that one time you guys were sparring... And Bubba got tired, and then you said chocolate melts in the third. Is he that took, he took me down? I, I think he reversed me. I think he reversed me, and then like he was on top of the leg and and like was was sinking in a rear naked choke, and I just couldn't fight it. And he like whispered in my ear, all sensual and shit. He's like chocolate melts in the third. And I was just like, <laughs> oh man, so it wasn't good for me. Is that is oh, that true? Man. That's definitely true, man. Me and Bubba have a, a real good relationship when we're on the mat. You know, he's always talking shit to me, <laughs> hype me up, and and if I score on him, he knows I'm talking shit. You know, so it's a real we we great friends off the mat, but in the mat we we trying to get at each other. You know, so whatever it takes to to break the others' will. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, yeah, you have. I was watching some of your old fights, actually. Uh, some of your old old fights when you were fighting with uh, with Akimbo, street legend, in like in backyards. Uh, those were some, and you actually beat Kimbo's boy Ray twice uh how did you even get involved in that i used to train out of this uh same gym that kimbo was training out of and they asked me he's like hey you want to do some backyard fights i was like for sure let's do it so i didn't talk to him for like two months and i was getting food at the drive-thru and they called me like hey you want to fight i was like hell yeah so went and fought and those got recorded they ended so- up in I think those are the fights that I, to this day I'm like the most recognized for. So you were getting food at the drive-thru and they said, Wanna f-? so did you end up like finishing your food or you just like said, fuck the food, went to, right to the fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had already, I had already paid, so I had to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so you show up. Now, uh, now, did you get paid for those fights? No, I didn't get paid. So you, you, you just experience, you know, I was, say it again? No, I'll, I'll, I'll go on, please. That I was just trying to get the experience, just get out there and compete, you know. Now, how long have you have like you been fighting before that? Did you like what what type of uh, experience did you have going into those fights? Well, going into those things, I had plenty of experience because um, for those we didn't. But when I was younger, I used to like I just go around like somebody would be like, "Oh, my friend boxes. You want to boxing for money?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, let's let's do it," you know. So like that in that nature, I had like a bunch of like fifteen, twenty of those, you know. Damn, you're you're a different breed of a person, man. I would be like, no fucking way am I going near that backyard. 
<laughs> I'm staying in my yeah, house. Man, it was easy. It was easy money, you know. It was to me. It was easy money. It was. It was legal. You didn't have to rob nobody. So I was like, this is pretty cool, you know. Did you? Uh, did you like? Were you robbing people before that? Were you? <laughs> nah. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, that was just something you did. Now, now you actually, I, I had read that you had wrestled in high school. You were pretty good, but they kicked you off the team because of your grades. I didn't get kicked out of the team. I wasn't. I never got to compete for the team because uh, I didn't have the grades, uh, the GPA to, to qualify. Oh, you're cool. I wasn't smart like Bubba. Bubba had his girlfriend doing the homework. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I true? can neither confirm nor deny that. You had your girlfriends do the homework? I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny, but I did go to two colleges and I graduated, so I'm happy. Now, how many how many wrestling matches did you go into like Stone, though, Bubba? For real? Man, so how many matches did I go into high? Yeah. Like, I could say probably half of them. So you won half your matches stoned. Yeah, yeah. Good but, work, man. But a lot of people think that it was like a a, a mental block or a mental inherit. I mean, to me, it slowed it slowed the game down. You know, it all. I mean, it. it I, I would say it made it even for us because my lungs weren't the best, but yeah. it slowed the game down for me. I mean, I, and I was way more creative. I was way more willing and trying, you know, to do things that I don't normally do. So, but I mean, in college, I started to be become a little bit more professional. But just shows you uh, that's that's crazy. Now, um, now your first big fight was against Joe Lozon, uh, which you knocked him out in the second round. <clears throat> Uh, that was a great fight in the Absolute Fighting Championship. Was that when you knew? Uh, is it by the way? Is it George or Jorge? It, it's Jorge, but they uh, everybody changes it up. But it don't matter. Okay, now was that when you kind of knew that you were really like that this could be something that you could do the rest of your life? Was when you beat up Joe Lozon? Nah, I knew way before then, man. I knew way before then. Oh, nice. I knew since since I was a kid. I, I basically knew because I just wasn't attracted to like basketball or football or anything to do with balls. I didn't I didn't want I didn't really care for the sports, you know. I, I like wrestling, mean. I like boxing. I was like, man, this is what I gotta do, you know? Now one of the one of the craziest fights I've ever seen was the Toby Amata fight. Because uh, you were killing Toby Amata. I mean you were lighting him up on his feet and he caught you in a what was it? It was like a reverse triangle where yeah. you that was reverse triangle. I mean how much did that suck for you and how and what did you learn from that fight? It sucks so much because I've been in that position plenty of times. And um, Bubba's seen it many times. You see it in wrestling, and I've been in there with wrestlers. You Wrestlers don't, you're not really supposed to choke, so they don't go for the choke. The judo guys, that's one of like, their, their like, real good moves, you know? So when I got in there, I, I thought I was going to knock him out like with a crazy slam. I'm going I'm to slam this dude in the next week at the highlight slam of the year, I was thinking. So as I'm picking him up, all of a sudden my back starts getting all weird, and the choke was on like full blast, man. It was, it's, Still to this day, it's like one of the worst situations I've ever been in the fight. You know, it was like before I knew it. It was like that, you know? You know what's crazy, though? My friend, off to him. my friend Joey Vegas, Joey Varner, he actually watched that fight, and he was like, I'm telling you, Masvidal is the future of MMA. He goes, because before he got caught in that choke, he was he was doing so many great things. So uh, oh, that's, cool. that's actually, I, I never looked at it that way. I was, everyone was focused on what Toby Amata did, but everyone's like, no, watch for Masvidal. And he was right. Joey Varner, uh, Joey Vegas, uh, he actually said that. Now, um, your last, uh, what did you think of the Ben Henderson fight? Do you think that you won that fight? I thought, you know, I, I was, see, uh, that same year I fought Allen. I thought I beat him like in every category, you know, takedowns, everything. But they gave it to Allen, they said, because um, 
that, that I was going back too much, that I was kind of punching too much. So I tried to focus on one thing on this fight, and that was just go forward and attack the whole time. Attack, attack. Don't take my foot off the gas and just at least control the ring space and go forward on them so I don't have to hear nobody's, you know, things that I was sidestepping them or moving. Like, if you're not fighting like a robot in, in front of the dude slugging it out, it's like you're losing. You know, like the Dominic Cruz fight with, with TJ, I think a perfect example. I thought he whooped him. You know, a lot of people thought it was way closer, but he whooped him. He made a mess. He hit him. He tagged him. That's what a fight is to me, you know? You don't always got to play sock and bop him. You get hit, he get hit, you know? So I tried to just go forward on him and put the pressure in uh, I know. I still didn't get the nod. Yeah, no, the Al fight, I thought you totally got robbed. The Bendo was, fight was closer. But the Al fight, I mean, the crowd was all Yeah, yeah I think I think the Bendo fight is, is is much closer, you know? But um, I just, uh, the Al fight, I, I just couldn't wrap, uh, I still can't wrap my mind how I lost that fight. You know, I didn't get taken down. I didn't, I landed more. I threw more. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I have to crazy. admit, though, them booing Al and having him going, fucking boo you, was one of the funniest things I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> in mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, that's pretty cool. <laughs> now, um, are you going to stay at 170 or go back down to 155? No, I'm at 170 for good. Yeah, he should be. Why? He was a big 55er. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind yeah. around how he kept making weight, and you know, in, in his what we call off season, you know, a little bit after the fight, he was, uh, you know, he needed to wear that chin strap hair hairline because uh, his cheeks got a little chubby sometimes. So, so yeah, it's, I think it's a good move for him to go one seventy really? and not have to cut as much. And, yeah. You know, he's a, I think he's a natural one seventy pounder. You know, without the cut. Now, uh, you were on Twitter recently defending your teammate, y'all. A lot of people were coming down on Yoel Romero. Tim Kennedy was, you know, saying he's a cheater. You were defending him, though. Uh, why were you defending him? And here's your here's your uh, podium. Here's my podium. Well, whether the man did or not, I don't know why Tim Kennedy has to like try to like uh, like the 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 stab he took at God. You know, like did Jesus tell you to do that? Like that's so corny. You don't gotta. You don't got to do that just because a man believes in God and then he might fail or whatever. You don't got to mock his religion or anything like that, you know? Like all them crazy ISIS dudes, you don't got to mock Muslims for that. That's one side of it. It doesn't mean they're all like that. So you shouldn't be, you know what I'm saying, doing like that that uh, that casting of the stone when he ain't perfect himself. You know what I'm saying? He cheated in the Joel fight. He talks about it all the time, but you can see it in the video. He's grabbing the gloves. So I, I don't know, you know, dude's weird, I think, man. He's just corny. <laughs> now, uh, now, you you train with Yol, but isn't Yol a lot bigger than you? Oh, yeah, way bigger, especially when I was coming down to 55. He walks around like a good like 220, probably 215. Damn. Big dude. He's a, he's a monster. Absolutely. He is a monster. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, it sucks that he actually got busted or whatever. I mean, the, the test no, but, results. but the sample B hasn't come back yet. The sample B is coming back, like, sometime soon. I don't know where, but that sample hasn't come back yet. So he's still not, like, it's, he got flagged, obviously. But it's not like a hundred percent something. He he did something wrong, you know. Well, I, I know he passed all his tests up to this point. To like right to the fight, um, the 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 test he did before the fight, the test he did after the fight, you know. So that's why I'm just curious about what happened here. I hope he doesn't, because I I really do want to see him versus Rockhold. You, <laughs> I mean, Yol is such a he's in every fight. He's so fucking big and explosive. I uh 
I became a fan of y'all. Uh, me and Masvidal was going out in Miami one time. You know, it's that's his city, and you know, I'm fr- I'm kind of new to the whole s- Southern Florida area, and uh, you know, my man was taking me out with you know a couple of his friends, and y'all happened to be in the same club that we were in. And uh, George goes up to him, he's like, "Yeah, this is a kid. You know, he used to wrestle for Kale and everything like that." And y'all bought me a drink and let me come hang out. I mean, we we were all in the VIP anyways, yeah. but he wanted me to come hang out next to him because he had beaten Kale, and we had the whole backstory <laughs> where I came and pinned Kale kid and he was like yeah. oh yeah i, I kind of know of you i kind of know you. you bought me drinks and masvidal got me some chicks and it was it was a great time really <laughs> now masvidal are you just banging hot cuban ass in florida yeah. don't lie <laughs> no man i have no idea what you guys are talking about i'm a family man and um i've been i've been out to places but i don't really these places that bubba's talking about i recall nothing <laughs> um, maybe i've been hitting the head too much but i plead the fifth baby i love you <laughs> wait are you are you married now i've been married for years and just i recently posted it because she's not like really like a person like that like oh go do this go do that let the world know you're mine so i just I just didn't post it like forever, you know, and I forgot about it. And then she said, hey, man, go put this on on your page that you married. But I've been married for a while now. Nice. Do you have any kids? Yeah, I got three kids. I got two girls and a little boy. Nice. All with the same girl or no? Yeah. Nice. Good work, man. That's great. You really are the the, uh, the uh, game bread. Good for you, man. So. Thanks, bro. <laughs> no problem. It hasn't been easy. I mean, she's got a, she's got a ton of patience. And... and I mean, Bubba was out there for a little bit of time, and we was out partying a lot, you know. So my girl's got a lot of patience, you know. She's she's a good person with me. Absolutely, he's got a good woman, and you know, takes care of the house, takes care of him, and he knows he knows where his bread is buttered. So he's a smart man to keep her too. All right, now what do you think of uh, Conor McGregor? Yeah, I like his style, man. He goes out there, he gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. It's fighting, man. It's just like uh, like his antics, like um. Before the fight or like after the fight, did people get mad at or or something like a lot? That's all cool. But I think what matters is as long as when you get in and you put on like a show and that's it. You know, you go for the kid or get killed. So that's who, what he's doing. You know, that's pretty cool. Who wins, him or him or Dos Anjos? Uh, on the feet, I think it's going to be a good contest to see him going up on weight if he could take the hits. But I think on the ground though, he'll get murked. I think like uh, Connor has the edge on the feet, but on the ground, I think he'll get worked big time. So you think you think you think uh, Dos Anjos? Could, I mean, he says he's gonna knock, he's gonna knock him out in one minute. You think that's is that possibly be true? Oh, I could see that happening if he gets inside Dos Anjos' head too. You know, he gets inside people's heads. Well, if he could get inside his head and get this guy to just throw with him, yeah, he could catch him. Now, who but if not, I think Dos Anjos take him down and and wear him out. He he could do him way worse than what Mendes did to him. You know what I'm saying? I think Mendes was taking it to him until the point that he that he gassed, you know? Yeah. That's where I, that's where I see the fight going. I got um RDA winning this fight only because of he's he's good enough to deal with his motion on his feet. He's heavy handed. He keeps a heavy, 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 heavy pace and he's a really good wrestler, jiu jitsu artist. I mean he's 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 gonna, he's tough on the ground. I think he wear him out and like he said, if he can knock him out, I think he because he's so prideful, he's gonna drag him. Are you gonna drag him? Who wins, Kimbo or Dada? <laughs> you would Kimbo know. Kimbo all day. Kimbo all day. <laughs> Kimbo all day. Bet so, the house on my boy. Bet the house on him. All right. Bet the house on him. I think I might do that now. That's a, hey, listen, listen to me. That's an insider scoop. So I'm gonna take twenty percent of whatever you make. <laughs> <laughs> family man and a businessman. Yeah, seriously. Uh, what One more that? matchup question: Who wins, uh, Sage Northcutt or a large bag of rice? <laughs> 
Damn, uh, I'm gonna go with um. Is it gonna go to decision or? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Masvidal, it was a ple- it was an honor to have you on. I've been a fan of yours forever. Uh, who do you want to fight next? Thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me. I want to fight. There's a lot of dudes I want to fight. Any of these top ten dudes that's having me, I just want to get in there. Um, I, I would love to fight Kim again. The fight didn't happen because uh, the main event got hurt and they had me step up. So I would love to fight Kim again because he's a top ranked dude and he's a tough fight. So I want him, Matt Brown, Wait. anybody, anybody who's in the oh, top the, ten is who I want to fight. Oh, Dong Kim, right? That guy. Dong Kim Kim. Yeah. yeah. So you want the Dong? Yeah. If I get Dom, Matt Brown, anybody. Anybody in the top 10, you know? Yeah. Hey, Jorge, uh, we just found out uh, Benson Henderson just made the jump to Bellator. What do you think about that? Oh, shit, I didn't even know, man. Uh, I mean, as long as he's getting paid, he, he must have done it for a reason, you know? Dude ain't dumb, you know, so I'm sure he's going to be getting that bread over there. Exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, and then there was a girl on, some girl that one of our biggest fans wants to know how big your penis is. That's just, I swear to God, she keeps asking me about your penis every time we say that you're coming on the show. So what should I tell her? I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth. I plead. The, I can't. So say your dick like is that. so big that it's oh, criminal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's criminal. It's no comment. I plead the fifth, man. So is it closer? Baby, what you guys are talking about? I don't know. I don't even know these guys, baby. Is it closer? If you're listening, I don't even know these guys. Is it, cl- is, it clo- is it closer to? Is it closer to Kimbo or Dom Kim? <laughs> You guys are a trip, man. All right, thank you, man. Well, thanks a lot, Masvidal. We'll, we'll, hey, we'll have you back you on soon, hopefully. Take care. All right, man. For sure. Take care, guys. Hey, okay. Bubba, hit me up, man. No doubt, man. Be safe. That was uh, George Masvidal. He's uh, he's a good guy right there. Man, he's one of my favorite favorite. I mean, I got a lot of friends in the sport of even me, but he's one of my favorite friends. I can't say best friend because we haven't hung out in so long. But because he's so real, you know, you get the Tanya Evangers who's got that real edginess and tell yeah. you things. But he's real on another sense of like he's seen a lot, been through a lot. Nothing gets him too high. Nothing gets him too low. You know, he's, I mean, he's he's always ready to fight in any time. I mean, my man, we can be at the club, you know, and my man's ready to fight for free. You know, so, I mean, he's just a tough all the time tough guy but real down to earth you know you wouldn't if you hung out with him you wouldn't be like man this guy's a type of killer yeah. I mean, he's just real docile and chill and and I mean you can he's ready to fight. I mean he's one of those guys that punch in your face and beat you up and, and is laughing about it you know at no point does he get mad to the point where he's he's going out of call he's out of you know yeah, he's not yeah. raging he just will beat your ass and, and, and joke about it the whole time what were you saying oh just yeah he's just he's a fight he's the He's just a fighter, like born yeah. and raised. He was and at like, the drive-thru, and so he was like, want to fight in the backyard? He's like, okay, <laughs> I already paid did, for it. So I was confused. He said he didn't get any money for those fights. Yeah. So, so he, some dude just rolls up, hey, man, you want to fight a guy in a parking lot for well, free? Sometimes, okay. I, think, I think sometimes he got paid. I think sometimes with with, yeah. with with the way it was set up, if you guys got to watch the um, dog fights on Netflix with Dada Five Thousand, you know, kind of his whole backstory. Yeah. You know, some of those guys did get paid. Some of those guys made some pretty good money in in, in Miami, and he has he's been through so many fights that I would say most of them he didn't get paid. But there's probably one or two where you know he fed the fam. But he's he's so great to watch because he's that dude who you know is a born and raised fighter. 
and he took that street fighting mentality, but he's trained and he's got skill. I mean, he's up yeah. there with the best he of the got, best. He got street skill. Like yeah. he, he's not wild. He, he's got the mentality of someone who fights in the street, where he's gonna he's looking to hurt you with everything. But it's got so much skill behind it. He does a great job of mixing it up. Yeah. For him to not be, uh, you know, this college wrestler and and have such a background of wrestling, my my man's wrestling is really tough. You know, for for him to always compete at such a high level with the wrestlers in the in, in ATT. I mean, he does a good job of being everywhere with his MMA. So we're going to call right now. We have a press conference. Oh! Uh, a Titan FC title press conference. Yeah! Uh, we have two guys, Steven Seiler versus Andre the Bull Harrison. Uh, oh, man. They are fighting. We had them do a press conference before, but with other opponents. Yes. So this should be the mix of it. Yeah, we got to call them good. right now. Dre the Bull. Against Steven Siler. This, this would be, I think this would be his toughest uh, uh, opponent, uh, yeah. Andre the Harrison. Because Steven Siler has been around. Hello? Hey, Andre the Bull. Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, uh, Rich. Uh, we have Bubba Jenkins, Tyler Bowe. How's everything? Everything's going great. Everything's going great. How's uh, training going? Training's going very, very well. Right on schedule. You know, prep for everything. Now you, now I, I talked to Al, I, Al, I, 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 Quinta. You beat him in, uh, in high school in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, then we wrestled um, to see who was uh, gonna move forward to be like, uh, you know, in the county finals or whatever. Yeah. So we wrestled and I, and I won. What was the score? I'm not sure. I think I beat him by like two or three points. Um, I remember tilting him right on like the out of bounds line. And he told the ref, like, yo, I'm out of bounds. And the ref said, keep going. And I just held it. I was trying to milk the time. <laughs> nice. Well, listen, you're on an 11-fight winning streak. You're 11-0. and uh, You just beat Desmond Green in a great fight. You beat Kurt Hollebach, Cody Bollinger. You're right there, man. I don't know why the UFC has not called you. I feel like just looking for a fight, you don't have to look too far. You got a guy 11-0 uh, in Titan FC. I mean, why? What's going on here? I mean, I wish I knew. I mean, uh, what's that? That Japanese guy, Kawajiri. Yeah. Um, his opponent got lost a, a couple, maybe like a month and a half ago, and they took um, one of the guys that was on the Titan roster um, to fight him. And I was just like, man, oh man! I said, all right, well, I guess they didn't want me to go ahead and fight that dude. So was the fight in Japan? No, it wasn't in Japan. I can't remember where it was. It, yeah, I can't remember where it was. And, and that's the thing, too. I had one of my friends fighting on that, too. That was a good night for us. Well, well you're fighting Steven Siler coming up, uh, who has on it. He's on a five-fight winning streak. Uh, we're going to call him right for now. Sure. We're going to do a Titan FC press conference. I can't wait for this fight. Uh, it's in March, right? What's the date of the fight? March 4th. March 4th. Titan FC on Fight Pass. You can watch it. The champion, Andre the Bull Harrison. 11 or no, the most underrated fighter in MMA right now. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> I think it's because he's black. This is nonsense. Hello, Steven. Hey, how's it going? Are you, are you in a well? What's going on, buddy? Sorry, I was on. How are you? How are you, man? I'm good, how are you? Good, good, good. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Bubba. Rich, Tyler, we also have your upcoming opponent on the, on the phone right now, Andre the Bull Harrison, 
who's the, 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 uh, he's the champion. You've won five fights in a row, though, Stephen. You're on a little bit of a roll. You have five, uh, four of your last five fights have been first-round finishes, and this is a big step up right here under the bowl. Are you excited or what? Well, of course I'm excited. This is the, you know, the fight I've been wanting. Uh, you know, I need that Titan belt. I had the chance at it once and messed it up, and now it's time for redemption. Now, why are you going to beat Andre the Bull? Um, just because he's just he's in my way right now. I'm on my, my way back to the UFC. I know I'm going to get there after this fight. And uh, as much as I like Andre, I got to move on. I got to get back to the next step to help provide for my family. And Andre, why are you going to win? Because, I mean, I, I just I work too hard to, you know, give up any losses to anybody. It doesn't matter who the person is. I just, I believe I'm the hardest working um, featherweight out there, period. Wow, things are really heating up right now. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so where are you better than Steven? Um, I think I'm better on the feet. Uh, and I think I have a better, um, a better wrestling game than he, than he does. And I just think better overall. Steven, your uh, response? Um, everything but wrestling. Uh, <laughs> you go ahead and have the wrestling. So you're better on the feet? Oh, for sure. Hmm. All right. Uh, now, you've beaten that. Now, you fought some of these top guys in the UFC. You, you beat Joey Gambino. You beat Cole Miller. Uh, you've beaten some really good guys. Uh, you beat Kerr Hollibuck. Well, both of you guys beat him. So you beat Mike Brown. Uh, you punched out Mike Brown in 50 seconds. Do you think you fought the better guys? Um, nah, I mean, I probably have fought the better guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, Andre's really fought anyone too tough, um, other than Hobo and Dez. But, uh, Ooh, you know, that's in the past, though. So, you know, I fought, you know, like I said, I fought the guys in the past. I just got to keep on looking on to the next one. Basically, Siler said, you ain't got no bodies. You ain't rock nobody. You ain't fought nobody. You ain't hurt nobody. I don't even know why he you even in here, champ. Desmond? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, uh, Andre? You just did that because he's black. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm just looking at Desmond right now. Andre? Yeah. Um, say that question one more time. So he said that you fought no bodies. I mean, every, the, my last couple guys, they all, like, uh, we've all had common opponents. Uh, so he lost to Desi, and I beat Desi, you know. And I was pretty, bottom line is I beat everybody that was in front of me, you know. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had anything close yet. Says Northcutt, what do you think? Well, you guys both <laughs> seem like really cool. I'm, I'm just 19, but um, hopefully maybe someday uh, you guys can make it up to the UFC and I can make a lot of money fighting you. <laughs> Thanks, Sage. <laughs> Hey, Andre, do you think that your lack of a Wikipedia page puts you at a disadvantage in this fight? <laughs> nah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Now, who's banged hotter chicks? Andre, I know you're in Long Island. Uh, you got a lot of those Long Island Nassau Community College girls who aren't that bright. Uh, they probably they wore those tight pants and the and have have glitter. Do you think that you've banged hotter chicks than Steven? Um, I don't know. That might be a toss up. I don't know. <laughs> Steven, would you like to respond to this? Um, I'm a virgin. I haven't touched girls. <laughs> well, we know who's going to win this fight. <laughs> Just looking at Steven's picture, I think he has hotter chicks in his basement tied up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, where uh, where are you training out of right now? You know, we're actually, uh, I'm still being trained at the pit elevated. We kind of had a fallout where... You know, majority of the, the head coach left and the team left, and uh, me and Court McGee decided to stay behind and just kind of 
stick it out with each other. It's been going on for about uh, six, seven months now. So, um, so you have you know, one. Ever you, since then, I've, you have one training partner. Uh, we've been we've been mixing it up to other gyms as well, but for the most part, it's just been me and Court every day. Basically, and, you know, he said, "That's all know. I need. All I need is one guy." <laughs> Court McGee's I'm, tough guy. I'm only fighting one guy. Why do I need other training partners? He's in the Amish mafia. Yeah. Why do I need more people? Why do I need more people than one? That's but, true. No, Court's a machine, man. He he could push every day. Um, and you know, we've been there nonstop for each other. He's been there for my whole win streak, and uh, I've been there for him for his UFC comeback. So. Uh, you know, it's been working well, just the two of us. Yeah, he's a really good wrestler too. Now, uh, Andre, man, I now don't you think the Steven, Don't you think Andre's underrated though? He's eleven or no? Isn't this kind of bullshit that like he should be in the UFC right now? They're picking guys on. Yeah, been, they're picking I've guys. Been telling everyone, everyone that I've been telling the matchup against, I'm finding a guy against a guy who should be in the UFC right now. I have no doubt Andre's good enough to be in the UFC. Um, you know, all he needs is a finish, and I'm pretty sure he'd be there. I just got to make sure I'm not that one. He, uh, I'm not that one that he gets into the UFC. With, all he needs is some submissions or some power. That's basically what I heard. He ain't got no power in his punches. He can't submit nobody after you take him down. You a humping, hugging type of top guy. <laughs> Now, Andre, Stephen does have a point. Like, you have won all your fights, but you have uh, you have 15 decisions in 11 fights. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you think that that your style is is what's avoiding people from actually picking you to the UFC? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I don't say it's lack of me trying. It's just, you know, uh, I haven't mm-hmm. haven't been given that opportunity just just yet, but. Yeah, but you know what? You're winning, though. That's what, I, I fucking hate that. Uh, yeah, he's not the most exciting fighter, but he wins. And, you know, he's actually – he's finished out of 11 fights. He's finished three guys. Uh, so, I mean, that's a – I try to tell Adam it's not always about winning. Sometimes you got to be impressive with stopping it earlier. They don't like to pay you every time. In, yeah, but in, he's finished 18% of his opponents. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> but you have wins over <laughs> – You, you, you he a very good number. It has a lot of weight behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you 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 beat Desmond Green, good fighter. You beat Kurt Hollaback, good fighter. Cody Bollinger, good fighter. Uh, you've beaten good guys. Uh, Steven, though, you have you have beaten Cole Miller, though, Steve. So I, I got to give you that. You have beaten Mike Brown and Cole Miller. So you beat Bubba's old coach. Right. Yeah, no, that's all good. You know, Mike. Mike was more of a mentor, advisor. You know, he really didn't coach me that much. You know, this was before he like became full time coach when he was still thinking about his career. Did you guys smoke weed together? No, we didn't. And if he's a weed smoker, then I'm disappointed that he didn't let me in and let me hit that. You know, but yeah, he's a big weed smoker. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't then. But I'm disappointed, and I'm actually happy that Siley beat him. Now, so, so, so Steven, you think you're one fight away from getting back to the UFC for real? I have no doubt about yeah, I have no doubt about it. Especially, you know, as high ranked as uh Andre is, being undefeated, being the champion and uh you know, me being on a five fight win streak, me basically redeeming my only loss, even though I lost to Dez, I lost for that Titan title and me getting that title back or title that I should have won at the beginning, uh, I think that would definitely get me back in the UFC. Alright, so let's make this a tip a fighter fight, okay? We'll have both you guys with tip a fighter and whoever wins gets all the tips. <laughs> Are you guys down? One game. One of you could win three seventy five. Steven, are you down? Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, and you, Andre? 
Yeah, I'm game. I'm game. I'm all right, game. let's do it. Nice. All right, so we have a tip-a-fighter fight. The winner gets all the tips. That's, uh, that's now, good. Now, uh, now, Andre, Steven does have a really good guillotine. You're a wrestler. Are you worried about getting choked out with this guillotine? No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I think I have really good guillotine defense, so I'm not really thinking about that. So, I mean, you can't really go into a fight worried about what somebody else is going to do anyway. You got to be, you know, more on on what you're going to do to somebody. What's your guillotine defense? I can't really disclose that at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> we can't we keep that uh, private. Uh, do you think, Siler, do you think um, the recipe that Green beat you with is um, something that uh, my man Andre is going to implement? Because, I mean, there is something out there that says that there is a recipe to beating you and there isn't one yet for Andre. So do you think that's, you know, a big disadvantage or what? Um, you know, there, there definitely is. I then, see, you know, Dan didn't even beat me with his wrestling, really. You know, because every single time we got to the ground, I was winning those exchanges too. What he beat me with was jumping me against the cage, and uh, you know, I've, I've been working on, you know, getting off the cage. So, you know, as long as he doesn't drive me against the cage, you know, I think we're in for an exciting fight. All right. Well, listen, I can't wait for this fight. I'm looking forward to this fight. I hope it doesn't get canceled. Uh, <laughs> Andre, uh, you're a great guy. Steven, you're a great guy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for a good fight. I hope both of you guys, I hope it's a draw and you both make the UFC. I so. hope they both hit each other with right hooks and they both go out. Really? Yeah. A double knockout. Yeah. Double knockout. Rich, who do you think is going to win based on, based on the press conference? Based on the press conference alone? Yeah. Uh, I think the girl who Steven Siler going to let out of her basement once he <laughs> once he gets home. <laughs> nice. Tyler, based on the press conference, who, who wins? Oh, my God. Uh, I think uh, it's going to go to decision and uh, it's going to be a majority draw. Oh, you guys are such pussies. All right, Bubba, based on the press conference? Um... I'm going to say, uh, let me see. So uh, Andre is, is 11-0. He's the champion. He's he's the wrestler. He's got the recipe. I mean, he can basically Im- implement what Desmond Green did to him. And and Siler's trying to get back to the um, the UFC. So he's hungry. He's got a family to feed. Um, he's still a virgin. So that plays a, a big part. In, in, <laughs> All in, backed in, up and everything. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to say that Tipper Fighter wins. Yes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Tipper Fighter wins with this one. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, you've had. I'm looking at your thing right now. You've had. You've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have, you had nine fights in the UFC, and you've yeah, won, you've won five of them and lost four. Yeah, but the one we had to Jason shouldn't have been a loss. I was still kicking him in the face when the ref stopped it. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So I mean, so you've you're six and three in the UFC. It's a pretty good record in the UFC. I mean, you you've, you've been there. But this, but this kid's hungry. Yeah. This kid's hungry. It's going to be a good fight. Listen, yeah. I wish yeah, I could watch it. Fight. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could watch it, but I'll, at the same time, probably around the same time you guys are fighting each other, I'll be taking Gaiota Yamauchi's lunch money. So, it's the same ooh, night? It's, it is the same night. So I, I, I will have you guys on record. Nice. Now, where, now where is this fight, by the way, Titan fight? <clears throat> uh, this it's in Where? Exciting Washington. 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 All right, cool. Well, listen. All the fans are going to watch it. You guys are great. Both class acts. Look, look forward to a great fight. Good. Got it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. All righty. All right. Titan FC press conference. I don't know. Those guys are way too professional for us. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these guys will be. You yeah. know, you, The thing about having a press conference with us 
having a regular press conference, you can just say what you want to say. But the thing about it with us is that we we try to make them say <laughs> bu- bullet, bulletin board material, you know, things yeah. that will actually decide the match or not, yeah. you know, because if it's with Connor, Connor's going to get in your head and, and that's a good and a bad thing for, you know, his opponent. But, you know, like with me, when I was fighting Parsons, the things that he said during our press conference made me run more. It's like, I, 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 got, I said all that shit. I got to back it up. How am I going to back it up? I got to run. I'm tired. I'm tired. But I do remember me talking shit. So I got to, I got to go. I got to work it out. I got to find a way, you know, you got to, you got to dig deep in a, in a sense. So when they're on the, on the phone with each other, they don't want to give anybody any incentives to dig deep. Although they are already planning on going as hard as they can go. They still don't want, you know, to cross that line where it's like going to help that guy. Cause there is a thin line between talking trash and getting in the guy's head and talking trash and getting into the guy's energy. Right. Mm. Never thought of it that way. That's true. Well, I bring that to you, Adam. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this fight. It's it's interesting fight matchup between a guy who's like the the, the the grizzled veteran who wants his way back versus the guy who's 11 or no. And that's what I'm saying with this bullshit about uh, looking for a fight. As entertaining as it is and stuff, you look no further than a guy who's 11 or no in the champion of Titan. It ain't a sport, though. You, what? Well, it's not a sport. MMA is not a sport? It's a great point. It's It's entertainment. It yeah. is athletic, it is sport-based and oriented, but if it was a sport, Askren would be in the UFC. Yeah. But it's not a sport. Askren would have never left Bellator if it was a sport. Yeah. It's entertainment. It's about how many it's people you can It's still a sport. I don't care what you say. It's a sport. <laughs> Once the fight starts, it's a sport. It's everything getting Will it ever be in the Olympics? Uh, no. Cause then it's, it's, it's not a sport. Well, I think, it's, I think it's, just too, it's too bloody for the Olympics. It's too gruesome. You got to sell advertising. You can't. I don't think you could have that in the Olympics. I mean, even in boxing, they wear headgear in the Olympics. And the luge, the luge gets pretty gruesome sometimes. The luge, yeah, yeah that's Ultimate true. Ultimate frisbee in the next Olympics, guys. Uh, really excited. It's it, a, it made it onto the the next tier. It's like the sixteen sports being considered. Yo, look out for Ben Askren in that as well. Oh uh, yeah, he is an unbelievable. Yeah. He can, by the way, I wrote a really funny video for Ben Askren for the MMA awards. Uh, I'm excited for the so, MMA awards. Uh, yeah, do you talk to Dave? Yep, it's gonna cost me four hundred dollars to be there, but I'm okay with that. Really? I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not famous enough to get in my hotel comp. So. I don't think anybody does. Good. Yeah, well, it makes me feel better. Okay, but we're gonna be there, man. And 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 nice threads. I'm hopefully not have this fat ass pimple on my face, and my lips gonna be healed up so I can announce and do. I don't some even see stuff. a pimple. Where's the pimple? Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about My it. My side. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you, oh, you can see it? I've been like... getting a full blast here the whole time. <laughs> the word might choke me out. Uh, <laughs> the pimple might choke you out? That's right. <laughs> it's actually John Dotson on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Mitrion's eye. <laughs> now, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, small guys, Team Alpha Male. So word is Benavidez left Team Alpha Male to go to Team Elevation. It seems like, what? He, oh, he, he's splitting his time? Okay. Now, I guess they don't have a coach. Team Alpha Male still doesn't have a head coach. Uh, they're looking for a head coach. Uh, it's so weird. You got so, so many qualifiers. What, what, what is Uriah doing during this whole time? He's just staying quiet or what? Uh, Come on, Psycho. Give me some Psycho. information. Is Uriah stepping here, up? I mean, isn't Uriah technically the head coach? Okay. From what I'm aware of, Uriah has never really been the head coach. He's more like the um, the head mentor, like the spokesman. But I'm from what I understand, Martin Campman's still the head coach, just waiting for them to find a new one, and then he will remove himself from the situation. Now, word is that they uh, 
they they made a couple offers to people. Uh, they made an offer to um, the guy from Canada that had that great fight with Aldo. What's his name? Mike Mark Hominick. Hominick said no. I think Dan Hardy would be a good coach, a good striking coach. He wants to go back to fighting. Um, Ebersole. I think he's too. Well, what, uh, is, what is the requirements to be uh, a striking team coach? Alpha he's got to be. So a head coach is the striking coach. I, I believe so because it seems like wrestling they have pretty much down packed. They're yeah. pretty much all a bunch of wrestlers. Yeah. Who do you think would be a good coach for them? Mm. <laughs> anybody? Anybody have? Uh, no. I think Chuck Liddell would be a good. Chuck coach. Liddell would be a good coach. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you need someone more. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chuck Liddell. That would be funny. He'd be a funny coach, but I don't know how great It'd of be a... like Dallas or something. You yeah, know? Just I don't know. Grab headlines. It's a good, it's a good thing, right? That's now, an now, question. now, Rich, who, uh, what fighters have come out? And you're uh, an announcer at the M- uh, what is U of MMA. U of MMA. What fighters have come out of there and went pro? Well, I, we have a lot of guys who've gone pro. I've heard rumors that our first guy has made it onto tough. Uh, Dominic Reyes, Alex Reyes's brother. He's been fighting with King of the Cage. I don't know. I, there's no confirmation. But there's a lot. Of, I've heard rumors that he's made it onto Tough this year. Yes, because they're doing 85 and 205. Okay, I think he's doing it at 205. Okay, and has anybody actually made the big show as far as fighting? Fighting. No one's made the UFC yet. Um, but he's he you know he or Bellator. Maybe no one's made Bellator yet either that I know. Why? Of. He has good guys up there. We have some great guys, but also you know we've only been around for three years. Okay. So a lot of these guys are just you know the guys who are pro have been pros at most for two years. Now I went to a fight. Uh, you could do, uh they gave me well who's the what's the guy's name the, the main guy. Uh, uh, Turi, Turi Altavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and Jay Tan. Yeah, Jay Tan gave me great tickets. I had a blast. I remember I got front row seats. I had a great time. It's great. We do them at Club Nokia down at LA Live. It's a great. Do promotion. they still wear shin guards when they fight? Uh, if you have, th- if both fighters have less than three fights, they are required to wear shin guards. If both have three or more, they're allowed to go without shin guards if they both agree. Has okay. Has ever one guy had shin guards, the other guy didn't? No, it's either both or not. <laughs> Wait, do they wear headgear? No, they don't wear headgear. Shit. So they're worried about shins. Yeah, they're worried. Well, I. <laughs> For some reason, look, look, these guys aren't getting paid. They're amateur fighters. So you're Shin in- splints are a mother, man. <laughs> yeah, but really so is are. brain comas. But really, the shins. They hurt. wear larger gloves. They don't wear four-ounce gloves. I think, okay. I think they're six-ounce gloves. You know, they just do a little bit more protection for these guys because they're not getting paid. You know, it's Has anybody ever knocked out cold in one of your fights? Oh, na- some nasty knockouts. All the time. Dom's yeah. put some dudes down hard. Tommy Aaron, uh, who's now one guys who turning pro from us, he has a nasty head kick on someone. Jose Jovell knocked out um, uh, Ian the Korean Park in eight seconds with an overhand right. So there, I got to call some pretty what nasty the, finishes. What happened to UFC? Oh, GSP? <laughs> yeah, there was, a guy, there, was a, there was a guy from Israel... <laughs> And uh, and he was called what was his name the Hebrew- Dean, Dean Bo Moskowitz. Um, yes. what, what, what did he call himself? It was some silly. It was something like the Hebrew. Israelis came out in like three hundred, five hundred at a time to yeah. come watch this guy fight. So we yeah. we, we, we called him GSP, and uh, I said it, it was great. But what I happened? Haven't, haven't seen him for a minute. I know that he was training out um, in Albuquerque for a yeah. little while, but did, I don't I don't know what he's doing now. Did he actually. start with Krav Maga? I don't know. He started at a, at a team in the Valley called House of Champions that I lived by, yeah. and I thought they were a belt factory for years. We shot there, actually. We shot my, this TV show I'm doing. We shot Oh, there. yeah. Guys yeah nice no, guy. Mark Parra's over there. He's great. He's yeah. turning out. Um, so Dean's pretty great. Um, Darian Chapman now just turned pro. He's fighting uh, whatever those fights are over at Sportsman's Lodge. I'll tell you what fight I'm looking forward to in Bellator is Joe Warren against Caldwell. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I predicted... That Caldwell, Darion Caldwell, was going to be the next big thing in MMA before you even on the show, and I remember just from watching him in college wrestling when he beat 
Brett Metcalf. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Brent. Uh, this guy threw a head and arm uh, in the finals of the NCAAs, which is like the, the move that you're like never supposed to do on any level. It's a middle school move. A middle yeah. school move. Mm-hmm. And he threw it to open the match. And he beat the hell out of Metcalf, who beat Bubba eight times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metcalf is uh, one of the country's best wrestlers. And this Caldwell guy just buried him. Yeah. And, and, and he had gotten tech previously, right, earlier mm-hmm. on in the season. Yeah. So Caldwell's been in Bellator. He's now 5-0, and 6-0. And he's good. He's really good. Uh, Bubba beat him in college. Mm-hmm. He beat Caldwell in college. Good match. Great match. So who do you think, Joe Warren or Caldwell? I got to give a nod to, to my boy Caldwell. Um, I'm biased. Because he's black? I'm also team black. Yes. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also pro-black. Um, but I got to say this. Just because I'm pro-black does not mean I'm anti-white. Yes. I'm just going with my boy Caldwell. I've known him for a long time. We all can, fighters matter. Yes, all fighters. <laughs> <laughs> tell him. All fighters matter. But um, I think a lot of Warren stuff comes from the wrestling side of things. He was also a uh, Olympic. Uh, he almost made the Olympic team, right? Who? Uh, Warren. Warren was an Olympic champion. I mean, I mean, a world champion. The Greco-Roman world champion. And Greco. So um, I think the athleticism is going to give him a problem of, of Carl. Carl was going to be able to move. And I mean, they both still like to do more wrestling than they do punching. But I think if it comes into it, I think. The word is that Caldwell loves the ganja. Uh, that is the word on the street that he loves that it may be affecting him a little bit too much. Is that can you confirm this rumor? I am not a snitch, but, so I can neither but confirm. But I heard Warren loves the ganja also. He's been confirm. busted a couple times. For, I for can neither confirm nor can I deny, but Caldwell is black. <laughs> <laughs> Just giving you straight facts, Caldwell's a black guy. Uh, do you know these guys? Oh, you don't know Caldwell? I watched Caldwell fight. All right, so uh, 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 Psycho, who do, you, who, who, do you like, who do you like in this fight? Um, I think I still like Caldwell. He's coming up. Warren, I don't know. Warren's been around a long time. He's a tough dude. But, I mean, it depend, It really depends. But I think I got Caldwell on this one. All right. I think I'm going to take Gaiuti Yamauchi's lunch money. Yes. Get oh, you're on the same card as that? Yes, I am. Oh, fuck yeah. Going to get a shower, and then I'm going to go watch the fight. First. Nice. You're on the same card as that. Yes, sir. I'm going to try to go to that. I'm, I'm going to try to go. I was trying to figure out a place. It's the biggest casino in the world. I know. I was actually Oklahoma. in Thackerville, Oklahoma. I was trying to think of like a bar we could do a show at near that so we could do a show the night before and go to your fight. March 4th. It's March 4th. Thackerville, Oklahoma. That's a great card. It is. Who else is on the card? I don't know. You don't know. I know Gaiote Yamamoto. Gaiote Yamamoto. Now, how how's your training been any different since you found out you're fighting this guy? Uh, we've been going over a lot of defenses as far as jiu-jitsu goes. I lost today. I lost today. We I I fought Gaiote Yamamoto today in training with you know the positions that he was he's really good at. With McGee? No, no gee. No well, McGee. Oh, with McGee. Yeah. Well, not not AJ, but with yeah. Antonio and a couple other guys in the gym. But, you know, I, I lost today. Uh, I t- 32 days out, I took a loss. I'm not really worried about it. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty happy about my training. Ooh. I'm pretty happy about what's going down. So, people, we're looking at this car right now. Thanks to... Thanks to our, our, our great intern. Psycho. Also, Fernando Gonzalez, who's a good fighter. Oh, yeah. Who actually, I heard, tough, tough I heard uh, he, he trains over at, uh, over at the one in, uh, uh, up one, uh, Dan Henderson's gym. And, and I, Temecula? and Temecula, Team Quest. And I had heard about this guy dropping some top five UFC fighters. I'm not going to say who, 
But I heard inspiring. This guy. Oh, you want fucking... everybody else to snitch? What's up? I heard who, he's. Who's a... he dropping? You know. I people. heard he's a beast. Names I... or it didn't happen. I will get a. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll get what's the name. I'll get Tom Galicio. Galicio told me about this, so I'll have Tom say it on the thing because he said he was there. So he's fighting Ven- Michael Venom Page. Uh, this will be the biggest Ooh. Um, Ooh. test for him because Gonzalez is good. Fernando's really good. Yeah. So now we got. Didn't he also fight? Uh, what's his name? Bellator. Didn't he Daly. fight? He fought Daly. Yeah, Daly yeah he fought Paul Daly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did pretty good against him. Yeah. He did, Ooh, he did. Front row, right in front of the right in front of the ring for that. It was brutal. By the way, that Bellator card, Paul Daly needs to not fight Josh Koscheck. It's going to be a murder. Okay, Josh Koscheck, please retire. I do not know why you think. He just seems a little frail. I saw him this week, and I was like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And he kind of has like a, a little light voice. He's always had kind of a lighter voice. But after like hugging him, like, you know, how you give dap and you, you know, you do the black people hug where you like, you know, put your forearm on his chest and you kind of touch each other, you know? Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. He just seems real frail. He's like a little punchy, right? Yeah, I didn't talk to him long enough, but he just seems a little, a little frail, you know. It just like, seems like, like an look, older guy. He's a guy that has been knocked out by uh, Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I he think that was the one that, that Ellenberger. I think that one that knocked the bean out of his burrito. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the one that 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 got him loopy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, and I just I don't I don't understand. Like you beat Paul Daly back in the day, back in your prime. You beat Paul Daly. You went up against GSP. You beat uh, didn't Koscheck beat Diaz or Diego? Who did he, did he beat Nick Diaz? He beat a lot of good guys, man. Koscheck was, was he, tough. Not Nick Diaz. He in fought, his prime, uh, he was tough. Diego, right? He fought Diego in his prime. How dare you insinuate that Nick Diaz has ever lost a fight? Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't, I'm not, I take that back. It was not Nick. Don't, please don't email me, guys. I don't. I don't need it. Okay, but Koscheck in his prime was a fucking specimen. He was a two-time national champion. I think he was a four-time All-American. Was he a two-time champ? You do not. Was he a I think he won it as a sophomore and a junior and lost as a senior, I think, in his finals. Uh, in the finals. So you don't need to fight Paul Daly. He's going to murder you. He's going to knock you out. And I don't want to see it. I don't, for your own health, I do not want to see this. Who, Koscheck? Yeah. Beat Matt Hughes. Who else did he beat? Rumble, beat, beat Anthony Johnson, beat, beat Frank Trigg. God, it's still so crazy beat to me. Chris Lytle, yeah. beat Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. Yeah, he beat a fucking who's who uh, of fighters. You, you don't need to do this in Bellator, Josh. You have money. You bought an airplane. I saw you on a video of you owning an airplane at one point. And a boat. And a boat. You don't need to get knocked out by Paul Daly. It will not prove anything. And Paul Daly should be back in the UFC. Because he's... Who, what, thanks. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's, what's with you and uh, all these guys being back in the UFC? Bellator is doing a great job of putting on fights. You hear the card. Benson Henderson, baby. Benson <laughs> Henderson just came This over. card is great. Okay, but but the last Paul Tyler, Daly, you ran who, did, who, did, parade. who did Paul Daly right. beat last week? That was that was that was that was really dumb. That that yeah, somebody who who jumped in at the last minute to save the show because Crosshair got hurt. Right. Okay. Well, then don't yeah. have those fights anymore. No more jumping in and getting executed. It was a public well, execution. Yeah. Well, usually someone who jumps in late is going to be a public execution. I.e. Mendez and Connor. That was not an execution. It was a public execution. It was not. Connor won the first two. I mean, Mendez won the first two rounds. And then he gassed, and then he got murdered and got his head cut off. It, it was, was a not, That execution. was not a public execution. 
I, yeah, I agree. I don't think that was a public execution. Listen, but if the guy's going to jump in late, he's got a big disadvantage. That's going to be with any organization. Sometimes. But and I, then someone's going to get murdered, especially when it's already like, okay, it's my only opportunity to main card something in my close to my hometown with a tough fighter. I'll, I'll take it. Okay, I, I, think in a, I think in an organization like Bellator, though, you have maybe the rosters aren't quite as deep. So if you do pull a guy in short notice, you're not maybe going to get right. the same caliber as a UFC guy. Yeah. And, and I also think with some of the recent signings and some of the talent that Bellator has, the top guy. Guys are are further away from the the guys in the rest of the division. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bellator has some great weight except class. for forty five. I think forty five is nasty. Bellator yeah. has their thirty five is really deep. Yeah, okay, their forty five is really deep. Yeah. Uh, their fifty five is deep. Not as deep. Not, not as, as deep. deep. And no. then their seventy does not seem that deep at all. Okay, yeah. uh, and then their heavyweight has fought once once in the last like two years. Uh, and and then who do they have at? at I think two hundred five is pretty deep. Who's two hundred five? Emmanuel Newton, Phil Davis, Liam McQuarrie. Yeah, that's that's deep. Yeah. Okay, but then they also have Kimbo Dada, Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie. Yeah, that goes back to it not being a sport. You know, a lot of times it's about entertainment. I bet you, I bet you some people are going to tune into that. Oh, I'm going to tune in. <laughs> exactly. It's about the entertainment aspect. Yeah. There's some cards the UFC can put in Vegas and, and say, oh, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And a lot of people not tune in. No, there are Bellator guys. I mean, look, Tamden Tamden McCoy, who we had on the show, uh, just knocked out, uh, just beat Josh Saman. I mean, he wasn't even ranked in Bellator. He just came back. He, he, he went through two guys in Bellator. Look, you put you, you put uh, Caldwell, you put Joe Warren, uh, even the, the, the Pitbull brothers, uh, you put Paul Daly. They're going to beat many guys in the UFC, okay? Even, yeah. the, even the top guys in the UFC. Yeah, what? I'd be ranked in the UFC. MVP, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on. Uh, he's not fought anybody that has really tested him. I'd be ranked in the UFC. Fuck yeah. I agree you'd be ranked. You got them right. And all my haters hit me up on <laughs> there Twitter. Kill- to tell there, me, there's to no tell me question about that it. there's a bunch of killers in Bellator. Yes. The difference is how many eyes are hitting you versus how many eyes are hitting you in the UFC. And that's the whole discussion. If Bellator was getting more eyes in the UFC, you'd all be saying that, that Bellator was the sh- making the show or whatever it is. Yeah, I think but, that's what they're trying to do yeah. with... I mean, they're not as deep though. They're not as deep though, Bellator. Yeah. Not as deep. And yeah, so that, that also deep. creates some, I mean, some of those Bellator cards are sitting there going like, why does the UFC not look like this? And it's because you have some guys in there who aren't up to the caliber of the guys they're getting matched up with. Yeah, but this card is great. The, the, your, your card, the Caldwell versus, uh, Caldwell versus Warren is the, and, and, then, and then you uh, versus, what's the guy, Gotti? Who cares? You versus Gotti. <laughs> you versus who cares? You versus right. John Gotti. And then right. MVP versus, that's, that's a great card. That's a good, and Thackerville, Oklahoma, you're lucky if you're even there because that's, that's a good card. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, finally, uh, Kanye West uh, was beefing <laughs> with Wiz Khalifa. You see that? Yeah. So, have you heard about this? I think Wiz played his, his girl's video on, on stage or something like that. What, what happened was like, Something where, like, Kanye has a new album called Waves, I guess. So he put it out, and then Wiz Khalifa said, okay, KK, which he thought he meant for Kanye Kardashian. But I guess KK is the strain of weed that Wiz Khalifa has, called KK. So then they started going back and forth, like, just beefing about how Kanye made skinny jeans cool again and this and that. (laughs) So then... Uh, Amber Rose... This is where rap has come to. Amber Rose says, Kanye, are you upset because... I used to stick my fingers up your ass, and now I'm not around to do it anymore. So damn, Amber said that. Yes, man, she's still in love. So she said that like Kanye likes fingers up his ass, and then all of a sudden Kanye's fingers up Kanye's ass was like trending for like two days now. Uh, have you, Rich? Are you into that fingers up your ass? I'm ambivalent. Like I've been there, <laughs> and it, it's it. 
you know, if, if you're a little drunk, it might help fix the problem. But other than that... Wait, what problem? <laughs> what are you talking about? If you're a little drunk, you're like, this is kind of boring because I'm too wasted to get fucked. You're like, all right, hey, a finger, that can make something different for once. So your but wife general, does that to you? No, no, my wife's a sweetheart. I would uh, never do that to her. So girls before your wife would stick fingers up your ass? It's happened. It's yeah. not my thing. <laughs> Look, I, I'll cop to it. You ask me a question, I'll say it. I've been there. I, I've, been, I've been down the road. I just don't travel that often. Tyler? I have not had fingers in my butt. Uh, uh, Bubba? <laughs> <laughs> Man, hell no. no. Hell no. A couple no. of pussies Yo. right here at the table with me. I've never had figures hey, out. I have three if pussies at this table. If your tongue gets too low be- below my balls, I'm, I'm questioning some things. Oh, no, now you're just like, being a fucking maniac. Like, what are you talking about? I'm, yo, if if you're going a little too low and you know what I mean? My bow's right here with me. He sees me. If if you playing around too much down there, you need to stop. There's, okay. There's there's things you don't do to a man. Look, I can, t- I can, ex- I can, I can accept right. not being down with a finger in the ass. I can accept that being weird to you, but a tough. You, wait, you, wait, wait, gay men are men. Oh, 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 they like stuff up their ass. <laughs> not, not all of them. Not, I'm not even going to touch. Not them. all of them do. <laughs> not all of them, but but you're saying you don't do it to a man. There are plenty of men that like stuff up listen, their ass. They're listen. still men. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say dodgeball. I'm bringing the dodgeball back, like Kanye did skinny jeans. <laughs> dodgeball, all right? Do- okay, dodgeball. But just know, as a real man, <laughs> I ain't down for fingers in my ass. As a matter of fact, I ain't down for much other than shit in my ass because it's an ex and only type of crevice. Psycho, do you like fingers up your ass? Uh, yeah, no, look, cool. so, no, hey, no. you're not pure psycho. No, psycho likes squirrels and rabbits and all kinds of shit in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rich, but wait, hold on. So basically, you were saying you were the girl. I don't, look, and it was taking you long to come. So then you put a finger up your ass, then you came. Look, that's where the that's where the base of the boner is. The boner hits the back of your asshole. <laughs> look, I'm 31. My look at this point, my dick is like old Shack. Like it's not putting up all star numbers. I got a good six to eight points a game. I need some help here every once in a while. I'm not saying I'm going to the well regularly, but I'm not going to kick you out of bed if you if you're like, hey, you want to do something different? I'm like, fuck you it, I'm would, bored. But you wouldn't kind of feel a little bit like, uh, I don't know, maybe like you, you were into other things up your ass too. Let's say you like a finger or two yeah. fingers. Well, where do you stop? Yeah, you get like, a finger up your ass. Where are you going next? And if that's giving yeah, you, why not? But if that's, that's the gateway you, sex, but sure. So, but then well, maybe next thing you know, there's a penis up your ass. But maybe that's what you like. Yeah, but that's attached to a guy. And guys <laughs> not have always. guys have faces. Not always. Have you ever looked at a man's face? It's a gross, gross thing. <laughs> There's nothing cool about a man's face. <laughs> but what if it was a pretty man? Like what if it was uh nah. Caitlyn Jenner or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Look, funny. Should, that that is the yeah. That is the most beautiful of the Jenner family, obviously. <laughs> All right, so I'm just saying, okay, so out of the four of us, Rich likes fingers up his ass, which is fine. We're not judging. Uh, if we're on a right. spectrum of do you like or not, I am the furthest on the spectrum of this group. Yeah. <laughs> Adam hasn't answered and yet. And I'm the furthest I said, from I, I you. Said yeah, I, never, I, no, I, I, I just feel like I, I probably start giggling like a little girl, and it would tickle, and I'd be like, all right, no, this is just kind of – I probably feel violated if something was up my ass. I just, I just not really do that. Yeah, that's part of the mindset. <laughs> what? That's part of the mindset. Like something's in your ass. Yeah. That it just no, no well, good. Well, no, this good podcast on. is closing out strong. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> hey, four-time dick joke champion over here in the corner. So let's go. <laughs> well, listen, that was our podcast today. Uh, thank you to all our guests. Thank you to Pain Train. Okay, hope hope you feel better, Dave Mazzani. Thank you to Phil Baroni. Thank you to Masvidal. 
Thank you to uh, Steven Seiler and Andre Harrison, who have a fight coming up. Bubba's got a fight coming up. Uh, anything coming up, Tyler? Shows? Uh, I got a college gig out in Miami this weekend, and uh, I'll probably be picking up local shows this weekend. Rich, anything coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm headlining Harvell's in Long Beach tomorrow. That's February 2nd, so come on out. And then uh, tune in on Mondays at 4.30. Travis Western and I do a show called The Punch. It's a Periscope MMA show, so check us out at the punch underscore FV for FanView. Nice. Bubba? Yo, I'm about to be 28, dog. I'm, 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 I'm zeroing in on 30. It's figuring the ass time. <laughs> that's the age. You're zeroing in on... Actually, three zero. The zero's the hole, and that's no, three fingers. See, that's, see, that's what's not going to happen. <laughs> but, All right. You know, I just got my birthday coming up. Um, I'm going to be working on the birthday, thanks to you, but I'm, I'm appreciative, and I'm happy, and, you know, catch me in Vegas this weekend. Cool. Uh, also, this Thursday night, I will be headlining the L.A. Comedy Club at the Stratosphere. It's free comps. If you, it's free admission if you hit me up. Okay, this Thursday night. Uh, also, uh, hit me up. Uh, D. Also, thank you to our sponsors, D. Cipher. D. Hyphen. D. I. Hyphen. Cipher. Okay, it's a, a lifestyle firm. It'll help you out. Pick up their book called The Decipher Life. Thank you so much for sponsoring us, as well as Tip a Fighter. Fighters are super underpaid. Okay, we can make a difference. We can get them more money. Okay, tipafighter.com, so they don't have to put fingers up their asses. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast, and uh, we'll have another one coming up on Wednesday. Take care, and thanks to CB Gold. 